brothers and sisters. We like to welcome you to the After Church Podcast. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome, boys and girls, to the After Church Podcast with Josh and Drew. What up? It is 2019. Yeah. First episode of the 2019 year. Of the 2019. Of the 2019 year. <laughs> yeah. Of the nine, 2019th year of our Lord. We're off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have a very talented guest. Uh, Sheila, how do you say your last name? Mevis. 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 Not Mevis. No, not, please don't call me Mevis. <laughs> Come on, Josh. I, I'm sorry. I, I was introduced that or way. Josh. At the church. Oh, no. <laughs> Mevis. Carrie looks at me and was like laughing because he, he knows that that gets on my nerves and it, mm. it happened. Uh-huh. That was pretty great. Yep. The Lord has a yeah. sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Sheila is a crazy, talented individual. Emphasis on the crazy. <laughs> I can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Most people won't. It's yeah. Okay. But yeah, what's going on, Sheila? Not a lot. Not a lot. Mm, that's some good podcast material right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. That should just be the headline right there. Yeah. I'm just like. <clears throat> Not a lot. It's no. A headline. It's no. a great headline, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, you, where are you from originally? So, originally, I am from Texas. I was born in Texas, um, but I moved to Mississippi when I was 11. Mm. I was about mm. to turn 12, and I I was there until about a year ago that I moved back to mm. Texas. And how so. was Mississippi like? Mississippi. Mississippi is Mississippi. Um, you have to mm. experience it for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's, I liked it. Mm. Well, that says a for lot. the most yeah. part, I, I liked it. Would I, would I fit in in Mississippi? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. If Andrew, this is the perfect place for you. <laughs> Woo! It's I don't, think, I don't actually, think they've ever seen people like, are there like Hispanics? Yes, actually. Um, what do you I, mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to go here. Yeah. No, it's, Andrew, you would fit in. You would fit in like at Jackson, Madison area. I've been there. to Madison. I've, I've been to Parkway. Us. I've been to Shout Parkway. To Parkway. That's a great, that's a great love church. Parkway. Love Parkway, yes. uh, Fantastic. Um, oh, what, what are the names? Um, the Dillons. The Dillons, yes. yes. That was a great church. They're wonderful people. Apostolic <laughs> Conference. Yes. If you're interested. We're promoting Apostolic Conference yeah, in not? San Antonio, Texas. Yeah, it will change your life. It's it's a really it's a, good. It's a really good conference. Yes. Um, and then you said Jackson. Jackson, Mississippi. Is that where you lived? Or? No, I lived in Wiggins. Hardly ever anybody ever knows where Wiggins <laughs> is. <laughs> Wiggins is thirty minutes from Biloxi. 
So it's about 30 minutes from the coast. Mm. It sounds like you're describing like a map on Narnia to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Just south of Biloxi. <laughs> no, a little north of the the wardrobe. And <laughs> There's a lamppost. If you've seen that, you've gone too far. <laughs> you take take 150 paces yeah exactly <laughs> if you turn right you've gone the wrong way yeah. oh, man. and then what brought you to san antonio um the lord brought me to san antonio so mm. it was very fast um i kind of got the confirmation that i was moving here um around the first of november and i was completely moved by the 25th of november mm. So literally within 25 days, I was here. It was that quick. Hmm. Um, it was just time. It was time for a fresh start, a new start. Um, but I found a school here as well. So school, it, a little mixture of everything. School brought me here. The Lord brought me here. Family, that hmm. kind of thing. So mm. Awesome. Yeah. And what are you in school for? Um, elementary ed. So education. Mm. God bless you. I love it. I've done it since I was 17. I've taught in classrooms, been sort of a principal, ran a preschool. Sort of? Yeah, I ran a preschool. So, I mean, I guess you could call it a principal. (laughs) In the preschool world. On her business card, it says Sheila Mevis, principal, parentheses, sort of. Sort of. (laughs) Kind of. The shrug emoji. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. Uh, but yeah. <clears throat> what made you want to get into that outside of like experience? Like, um, because the, my, ch- well, okay. So my childhood was kind of not, not very, it was, it wasn't the greatest. The, the people that impacted me the most were teachers. Um, so, and I was not a very good kid in school. Really? Yeah, Really? I know that's that shocking. wasn't sarcastic. No. Yeah, um, it was. It's shocking, right? <laughs> I was actually a well. Okay, I take that back. I wasn't until I got into middle school. Oh, and middle then school. I, then it kind of went downhill mm. from there. But I was a jerk in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> I think most yeah. teenagers are at some point mm-hmm. in middle school. But the the people that impacted me the most were teachers. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of got into it when I was seventeen. Um, and I, that's pretty much what I wanted to do. I went back mm-hmm. and forth. Um, at first, I went to school to be a social worker, and then I changed my major. Mm. So, hmm. is there a reason why you chose elementary specifically? Because that's the time where it impacted me the most. Um, was fourth and fifth grade. I remember the te- those teachers um, the most. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of the time where it it matters most to. Mm-hmm. Um, shape and mold you know the lives of young young children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they remember it the most yeah it's the Mm -hmm. most formative years like developing their personality and their character traits all that yeah i had teachers in middle school that really encouraged me to like do like academic uil stuff and and then like seventh and eighth grade were good years except occasionally i was like a real really big jerk just you know me like i'm just stupid (laughs) I'm just trying to be funny and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. I would be a jerk and like make girls cry and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> make girls cry. And then, yeah. uh, and then in high school, all that like academic motivation just kind of went out the window. Like, you know. yeah, well, in before before they get into middle school, 
it's it's important to instill certain things and there's a lot of teachers that overlook those things Mm -hmm. and um so that's another irritating subject Mm -hmm. in itself but Mm -hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. So yeah, I still keep in touch with some of my high school teachers. I oh, have my I fourth and your... fifth grade teachers on Facebook. Yeah, uh, I don't. Really crazy. I don't know any of them. I do. I I still keep in touch with them. They're. It's really crazy to me. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but I want that as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I want kids, mm-hmm. you know, to be still want to be, you know, in touch and that kind of thing with me when they grow up. It, it would be rewarding to me to watch their lives and how it, how it unfolds and how it plays out. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. knowing you played a part in right. the development. If it's good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. If you're like fugitives or something, yeah. I, mean, well, well, I, I have nothing, nothing to do with that. Nothing I'm America's <laughs> most wanted. Like, that's my student. <laughs> I played a part in that. <laughs> Wait, I shouldn't be winning that. Yeah. <laughs> it was my fault. Sorry. Yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Well, more power to you for wanting to become a teacher it it takes i consider it a calling to be honest because it you mm-hmm. know not everybody can not everybody mm-hmm. can do it um mm-hmm. and have the patience for it and not that i have all the patience in the world um but it's what i love to do yeah so mm-hmm. i have more patience than most i think uh like last year the year before i did some like volunteer tutoring at like this adult illiteracy place where like adults who didn't graduate high school can like right. get their GED or people who need to learn like math, like basic math. Uh, I tutored an immigrant from Somalia. Oh, that's cool. On like, you know, multiplication and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, being a female in Somalia, they're not really educated. Yeah. Um, and so like that Thank was a God good I'm experience. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a good experience. I found that I enjoyed teaching. Um, uh, I enjoyed teaching at Sunday school too. Mm-hmm. I think uh, we we finally, me and Andrew are teachers in the same class, mm-hmm. and I think we finally got the kids to kind of come out and start like thinking and like yeah. have questions. What grade is that? Like what? Um, junior what high. <laughs> junior high. That's yeah. a hard age to teach. <clears throat> yeah. Most yes. of the time. Yeah, they're like they're in that that in between <laughs> stage where they want to talk, but then again they don't. Mm-hmm. It's just finding what they're interested in because, like, sometimes they can just like completely shut off. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you say one thing and they talk nonstop. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh yeah, they'll just centralize on one word you said, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll just be snickering the whole time. Yes. It's like, come on, guys, let's get focused. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like one girl in our class who asks questions all the time, mm-hmm. but she doesn't realize that her questions are actually like. Stuff that theologians and scholars are like, I've been oh, so it's contemplating. Deep yeah, that's fantastic. That's like, what's surprising me the most is like we started talking about um, more like deep philosophical things, and they they hone in on they, those they questions hone in on those. Yeah, they like that. Well, then do it more, guys. Yeah, Come and on. that's what, that's what that's what I did last week, where because yeah. we were talking about Edom and the Adam and Eve story, and See, like, and I, we're finding more about more of that like more got more of the um that in between age they're they're wanting something deeper instead yeah. of just the surface stuff so mm-hmm. instead of just going over the main points of the adam and eve story i ask questions like okay why would god put a tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden and tell them not to eat it like why would a god set seemingly set up a human Boundaries. to fail you mm-hmm. know or like yeah. why did god create satan mm-hmm. yeah 
and then try to like evaluate. And they were eating that up. They're just like, oh, um, um. yeah. And then they have questions, and then there's some people that are just quiet, just listening. They're processing though. Even those yeah. kids, I know they are, because it's just questions that you have naturally at that age, you know. Yeah. And it's stuff that I think about, and I, I didn't know that junior high kids. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wanted to think about that stuff too. I give props yeah. to you guys because that's that's a hard age to teach in Sunday yeah. school. Like that, it really is. Um, my my sweet spot, I guess you would say, would be kindergarten through fourth grade. Once they mm. get into fifth and sixth, sixth grade, I'm just like, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's it's difficult. Mm. It can be very difficult. Yeah. yeah. So, but I, I know, um, and then like the kids act up too. Like we have kids that act up, but I. It really doesn't bother me because I know I was that kid that acted up. Oh, I was. <laughs> I know I and was. And so I'm just like, well, all right, I'm reaping what I'm so what I've sowed. So. Yeah, I remember that too. I remember I had a youth pastor. Um, you remember? Uh, well, let's just not name names. But anyways, <laughs> um, he had. I think he had a bit set up where he had like a deck of cards. I think he was going to use it in a sermon. Maybe he arranged it a particular way. And we had this game where we had to make a, a one of our uh, like friends laugh up front. And so, you know, at that age, you're just doing like goofy stuff, making faces, you know, mm-hmm. crawling all over the floor. And then, so I saw the deck of cards, I grabbed it and I just like fanned it all the whole deck of cards, just all over the front of the platform thinking in my mind that that was going to be super hilarious. And of course it got no laughs. And I just remember looking the disdain in my youth pastor's face as he looked at that. And I was like, yeah, I, this is probably what I'm going to end up dealing with. So it came full yeah. circle. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was the one that was pranked in youth. Remember that at the youth retreat? <laughs> oh yeah. The, it, it was the, a it was a banana eating competition. You can eat three <laughs> bananas the fastest, right? Was it not a banana? No, it was a banana. I just thought there were competitors. It was just me. <laughs> We're like, go, go, and go, so I was go. blindfolded trying to shove bananas into my pie hole. <laughs> and then, like, I completed. And I'm like, okay, t- take the blindfold off. I'm the only one up there doing it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, well, see, the, the whole ruse was that we had uh, other people go up with him blindfolded. And as soon as we said go, we took the blindfolds off the other two guys. <laughs> and he was up there by himself. He's like, go, go, go. <laughs> I still remember, funny. man. That was funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, so, of course, I was... When I raise my hand, they kind of, oh, yeah, let's pick Josh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I had good experience in uh, youth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a junior high I when did I was too. Our youth group in Mississippi, we were different. But, mm-hmm. like, they're the greatest group of people ever. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I, I, I was definitely, I wouldn't say a troubled, <laughs> troubled kid in the youth group. But I was definitely one of the more interesting ones, for sure. Mm, what Shout do you mean by my former youth pastor? What do you mean by interesting? Um, we would do really random things that weren't necessarily the greatest things in the world. Um, I can't even think of any right now. But we were always getting like there's a blur. <laughs> yeah, we were always getting like, Josh probably shouldn't have done that. We always got that kind of thing. Were, were, were you like a prankster? Or a yes, I was. But most of the time it backfired, and I was the one that was pranked. It's like I planned a prank, but someone else was already 
pranking me mm-hmm. and found out about me trying to prank it was double mm-hmm. pranked yeah I, I <laughs> never could get away with anything seriously yeah. i never got away with anything you just have to always expect that something's like set up already mm-hmm. you know you're like you pull out your hairspray you're like ah. well, it, would get to the, <laughs> it would get to the point to where i'd be like i want to prank. And i was like nah probably shouldn't yeah. prank this person because they're gonna find out about mm-hmm. it and I just yeah. stopped eventually when I yeah. got about 15 or 16, especially because I moved in with my aunt, who is who I consider mom, and um, she's a licensed minister. <laughs> oh. mm. So I became a PK, like, literally overnight, and so I had to really watch what I did. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that I still did, but there's a lot that I stopped because mm-hmm. she would put the fear of God in you like mm. really quickly. Yeah. So. Uh, what, fear of God plus the fear of the belt. <laughs> Never got the belt no. from her. Um, the belt wouldn't have done any good. She hit me where it hurt. Mm-hmm. Two by four? Or? No. <laughs> like social media, oh, like laptop, yeah. cell phone, Ooh. no There's friends. Like a, yikes. That's the hardest. And hard. that it's hurt like me a, the worst. Uh, well, because I was a very like social person. I was constantly like with friends and wanting to go do things uh-huh. and that kind of thing. So yeah. she would just pretty much I've take been, that away. I've been seeing like memes float around. I was like, and it's just like, you look like you never picked up pecans for grandma and it. <laughs> And, and and it shows or something like that yeah. or like you look like you know <laughs> you were never whipped by your parents and it shows <laughs> yeah, like that. yeah uh, I was never never whipped by her but she definitely she definitely knew what to do without using yeah. physical force <laughs> yeah well, i think some kids would probably vie for that instead of getting like they'd rather get a whipping than have like their games taken away oh y'all she used to give the most boring lectures <laughs> and that was I would the punishment. Be, yeah, yes, <laughs> no, seriously. Sit down. They would literally no. There was yeah. no sitting down. She made me stand there Ooh. for like an hour. She and she would talk to me, and she would repeat herself. And then she would interject in the middle of the lecture. She would be like, "Is this talk fun to you? So is this fun? Good. I'm gonna continue." And she would continue and repeat herself. Oh no. Dude, literally an hour. I'm not. Dude, what would get me every time is like my dad like giving me like a serious look, and then like I would laugh. Somehow, something in my brain <laughs> stimulates yeah. my giggles. <laughs> and I'm just yeah. like, so he's like, okay, look at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God, what did I just do? Yeah. I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that, Dad. I didn't mean that. The belt comes <laughs> off. <laughs> Boy. No, so my aunt's eyes, <laughs> when she got mad, they would like, one of them would like twitch. So it would go back and oh, forth. No. So my, oh, I would, I call her mom. But she would look at me. She'd be like, look at me. And I'm just, I'm like, which look at? And we would always make fun of her for that. We would like, so yeah. after the uh-huh. lecture is done, um, we would tell her, we were like, when you tell us to look at you, we have no idea where to look. Like, cause she yeah. knows she just constantly doing this. Oh yeah. Like yeah. looking at each eye. <laughs> oh my God. So we're like, where do we yeah. look? Me and my sister both are like that. It's really funny. And it's just like. Now we laugh about it. She still gives us lectures, but, but no, over the phone. That brought me so much terror, like how my brain would get me in trouble that by just like something would just make me giggle. Like yeah. I would find something funny. Or you're like smirking the whole time. For me, it was facial yeah. expressions. Yeah. When my, when my aunt, when she got mad, like she would do certain things to me and I would like chuckle a mm-hmm. little bit. Is this funny to you? And I'm like, it's kind of yeah. funny to me. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah, yeah. they... 
that got on all of my adult family members mm-hmm. nerves yeah. every time i would get in trouble i would just laugh but i do that when i'm nervous mm-hmm. i laugh when i'm nervous mm-hmm. yeah. uncontrollably it's laugh like when uh, I'm nervous it's like when i do that you know do that thing it's like Yes. My life pauses, and here is where I messed up. Yeah, <laughs> the record scratch up. <laughs> You're wondering how I got here. <laughs> I remember the first time I got a ticket, and I was so nervous. And oh, I was man. so nervous because I had to go to court for it. Because they told me if I went, I, I would get it like taken off. I wouldn't have to mm-hmm. pay for it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when I went into the courthouse, and I was so nervous when I got before the judge he said something and it wasn't funny and I just started laughing like those oh, are the kind of situations no. that it puts me in like <laughs> I do I laugh every time I get nervous and it's awful because it's 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 yeah. not good most of the time mm-hmm. but yeah that's funny <sighs> judges just like do you understand the severity of what you've just done you're like pfft <laughs> I'm so nervous. <laughs> I know, but then you see these like serial killers that yeah. laugh, and, and you're just like, "Am yeah. I like that? <laughs> Am I also oh a psychopath?" God. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. How many times have you been in court, man? <laughs> no, I've seen videos. <laughs> you seen videos? Yeah. Josh watches videos of serial killers. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no rebuttal. Just like, hey, hey, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to know. I need to remind myself that I'm sane by <laughs> looking at insane people. <sighs> it's like a release. You're not yeah. sane I'm if not you have crazy. to constantly <laughs> remind yourself that you're sane. No, yeah. I think that makes you perfectly sane. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay. Mm, um. I mean, you yourself... <laughs> I mean, Andrew, like, eh, I don't think so. You yourself admitted that you're crazy. You're like, emphasis on the crazy. I yeah. am crazy, but I'm sane. Oh, well, that's what I meant. I, I just exaggerate. I, what? <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of confused, too. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. I, I didn't follow. All right. Well, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> I'm losing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm losing my mind working night shift. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Uh, the call center, right? Yes. Night shift is awful. Mm. It's awful. Because I can't sleep during the day. Mm, yeah. I'll sleep like two, three hours, and then I'll wake up and be up for hours and then have to take another two, three-hour nap like right before work. And it's just like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's awful. They should put uh, call centers at, in Alaska, right? Where they have that period of time where it's like daylight uh, 24 hours a day. I wonder if they have that, actually. Yeah, because yeah, then you could just like, you know, if you're working overnight, you know, when you... It's not going to matter. It's dark. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I just need to get blackout curtains. Mm. Yeah. Or change to day shift. That would be great. Yeah. I remember working a night shift in an ER and then being awake, wide awake the next night. And I'm like, it's midnight and I'm looking for something to eat. And it's like a ghost town. Yeah. Like yep. in my area, like nobody's out. And like, Taco Bell. I'm looking for lunch. See, and that's the thing. My <laughs> lunch break is would be around like 2, 3 o'clock, Ugh. like a.m. So nothing's open but McDonald's. And the McDonald's by my work is just awful. Yeah, the night crews are always, like, the worst. I remember I got a sandwich one time uh, at uh, Jack in the Box. How is that a surprise that the night crew is the worst? They should – it's not that hard. You just put, like, a meat patty that's, well, like, lazy, partially cooked. Well, because no one ever comes through. Like, it's kind of like a mm-hmm. yeah. hit and miss, you know, with people. So they're just super lazy. <laughs> they mm-hmm. don't care. That's yeah, someone comes in. They're like, oh, we have to do something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And then I got a, I got a hamburger, but there was no patty in it. 
<laughs> like that's the that's the, so that one thing ju- that just you paid eight dollars for bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just just a ham. Yeah, and I'm not gonna waste my time. It's like three in the morning. I'm not gonna go back and like, hey, oh, by would. the way, oh, I you would, would have. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point of a hamburger. Oh, no, is no, the beef. I don't. Do I just that. ate it without. You know, I was like, uh, like if someone gives burger. me the wrong thing, I don't. I don't. <laughs> go but back. okay, if you order a hamburger, what is the point of eating it? There's no meat. Oh, maybe I should. Maybe I should just eat bread. Yeah, I was like, uh, no. that's just my fate today. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, I... No. <laughs> I'm like stuck on that. No. You uh, go back and get the meat. <laughs> What's wrong with y'all? Yeah. Or like, uh, you ever like find yourself in like another, another town, but like at two in the morning, it's like after like a church conference or something and you're heading back, but you want to get something to eat and you spend like an hour just looking for mm-hmm. something that's open. And that happens you, to us at camp meeting every year at camp meeting. And it's always like a jack in the box or something. <laughs> so mm-hmm. our camp meetings are week long. And um well, I say week long. They're about four days. Yeah. Um, in Jackson. Well technically it's Raymond, but it's right on the outskirts of Jackson. Um and afterwards our I mean our services would last forever because just people would be in the altars mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Like, hours. Um mm-hmm. so we would get out of there at like eleven thirty midnight and want to go eat and that kind of thing and the only thing that would be open would be like Applebee's and stuff but there's so many people there that everything would be packed no dude there's like, like crazy people at Applebee's man it's I like I love Applebee's it's good food <laughs> but like there's crazy people there's crazy that go people there everywhere mm. because Applebee's is like becomes like a like a hangout spot like a bar yeah and what is? for like for like uh for you know normal average working people Oh, it's crazy. Until so, like, <laughs> so crazy. It's wild. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I've had interesting experiences over there. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had an interesting experience at Applebee's. Yeah. As far as that kind of stuff goes. You know, the funny, chill. Yeah, the funny like, thing for me is that like every anytime I've ever been like Applebee's or like Chili's or something mm-hmm. at night, like after a church service, mm-hmm. the craziest people would be us. <laughs> Oh, we're, then we're have, always the loudest. Yeah, the yeah. people you know in the what? bar would and turn around be and be like, why, <laughs> "That may be why we don't have crazy experiences <laughs> at yeah. those kind of places. Maybe because we are we the are crazy the yeah. experience." Yeah, yeah, that no, makes but a there's, lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, me and Anthony Brandt went to an Applebee's, and uh, it was in Georgetown, Texas, because we were staying over there, picking up supplies the next day, and bringing those supplies to Houston for Harvey relief. And uh, there's, like, two drunk, like, middle-aged women that were trying to talk to us and, like, trying to hit on us. It was That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, I just want to eat my, like, whatever I had, like, mac and cheese casserole or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's no preaching to them. Yeah. Pray them through to the Holy Ghost. There's no preaching at all? Just going to be like... No, no uh, hope for them. Uh-oh. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. See, that's where I was going with it. I was like, yeah, everyone needs Jesus. Yeah. There's no hope for them. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but Pentecostals are the craziest people. And, like, on Friday nights, it's... After night service. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is that is definitely true, especially within the youth age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I honestly, like, I love looking at the staff... Like, after, like, a big conference. Watching them. Mm-hmm. And, like, we go into a Chick-fil-A on a Friday night and just seeing the despair come on their faces. <laughs> that I I feel bad for them, but at the but it amuses me at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. 
Like they just like drop like their cup that they're putting a drink in. <laughs> yeah, they're just like oh, they're God. coming. Wish we could see their faces when. Brace yourselves. They yeah. watch like the buses pull into the parking oh, lot. Oh yeah. Oh God. Because you know you know they're talking about us before we walk through that door. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, like I remember. The church vans or the church and it, buses. Yeah. And do we always walk in like an hour before closing? And they're just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. No, I was about, real, and you get one guy that was about to leave, but then he stays. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> the real sad part is, like, showing up, like, 20 minutes before closing, which uh, we've done. We've done that. Because it was the only yeah. thing open. So we had to. And we had, like, 35 people with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then nobody tips. Pentecostals yeah. no, have a bad reputation yes, of that is, not that tipping. That is awful. Yeah. I always make sure I tip something. Yeah. Yeah. Years ago, I remember we went to a Chili's. And um, it was like, I think it was at um, a Youth Congress like a couple of years ago. And um, we went to the Chili's. Everyone sat down. We ate. And as we were leaving, there was like this really raucous crowd. I don't know the youth group. I never knew them or the name or whatever. Well, they had left and they left it in disarray. And as we were leaving, oh, the um, staff came up to us and they were asking, do you know, is it, are those your friends? Did you go to church with them? We're like, we might have, but it was like big conference. We don't know them personally. Like, well, they left and they didn't pay their bill. <gasps> and it was a huge table. It was like 14 people and they left oh. without paying their bill. And they left the table in total disarray. I was like, oh, that is That's such awful. a bad witness. Really for yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, that's Just terrible. like, why would anybody want to go to a church that where the yeah. people dine and dash like that? Like, yeah, that's just ridiculous. So, but I mean, that was years ago and, and it's not, you know, a fault of the conference or anything. It's just. You know the individual groups or people whatever. are stupid you yeah. know and, and like they don't think and, and it's like just because we're christian that doesn't mean we can't be like somewhere along the line no one's teaching these kids they teach them more about jesus than they do about like being a decent well, the citizen sad, being, yeah. the sad part about it is there was probably <laughs> at least one or two adults with them yeah yeah and they don't like, do there would have had to have been so yeah like, that's just but you that's gotta crazy. understand th- those yeah. adults just used to be those kids and then were never taught. Like, yeah, that's what gets me about these like deans and matrons at these camps. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know these people when they were kids, <laughs> yeah. and they're crazier than the current kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. like, why, why put your kids under the supervision of these people? <laughs> yeah. then again, no offense kids- to anybody who goes <laughs> over there, but yeah, but, but I'm just, again, I know kids, y'all. Like, those kids grow up to be adults and they have to make those decisions for themselves. Mm, so you yeah. can't yeah. really reflect that on their childhood, but they, they just, but there is some nurturing to blame uh, or fail yeah. failure of nurturing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you work at a call center, you're going to school to be a teacher. What else are you doing with your life? That is pretty much it. I'm working and going to school. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's a lot. That's pretty, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a lot right now for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but that pretty much consumes my life. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of alluded to in the beginning the fact that you're musically talented. Like, when did you start like singing and doing all that? Um, as a young kid, actually. So I grew up in a really small church, um, and my family was either pastors, musicians, you know some some type of leadership role uh-huh. um, in the church and so I was either a singer I remember um, playing drums <laughs> when I was like seven um, 
in like a really small church and it really didn't matter how I sounded because nobody was really there. Nobody else sounded yeah. good. <laughs> there was five people. Yeah. <laughs> they were all old and probably asleep. Yes, yeah. that is very true. I, uh, <laughs> me and my siblings were the youth group. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then when I, um, there was a short time between Texas and Mississippi that I lived in Colorado and um, that was very true. Me and my siblings were definitely the youth group. Yeah. Mm. And I played drums and played piano a little bit. So, I grew up being a musician, a singer, mm-hmm. anything that I was needed to be, really. Mm-hmm. I so. found that uh, being a kid musician, like, when I was doing classical piano lessons at seven years old, I, the main thing that really annoyed me was having to play in front of, like, family. Like, mm-hmm. you well, know. Well, they're your biggest critics. Huh? Families are your biggest critics. Well, no, but they want me to play because I'm the one piano player in the family. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, can play you stop? Play that song again. Yeah. I wish I would have taken lessons as a kid. I, everything that I know, I taught myself, and that's kind of a crutch. Yeah. It's not really a... I mean, it's it's a good thing, but it's it served its purpose. Yeah. But you can only go so it's far. It's a good foundation. It is. Mm-hmm. You can only go so far, though. You yeah. can only teach yourself so much. Yeah. It's impressive, though, I think. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, because uh, you have to really feel your way through that when you're teaching yourself, and music's one of those things that you it's hard to interpret in, in, a, in a course or through, like, material. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, one element of it is interpreting it, uh, that musical component, but mm-hmm. then ad- adding, you know, the training on mm-hmm. top of that. So, like, if you've gone that far, yeah. you've already achieved, like, yeah. more than half so of So sixth and seventh grade um, in Colorado, there the school was pretty small mm-hmm. and um and I was in the band and I played the drums I pretty much taught myself um the the material the songs and that kind of thing you know our, our band instructor she did help me out a, a little bit but we were pretty much on our own you know we were a smaller oh, school and that kind of thing but for me it motivated me because there were three other percussionists with me that didn't really know a whole lot so mm-hmm. when I would learn something I would teach them or if they learned something, they would, you know, teach me. So we would help each other out or we would mm-hmm. watch videos. And get better mm-hmm. through right. teaching Well, other all of us ended up being, like, first through third chair in an all-state band. Wow. You know, for this, there's, like, three states, or I will say all-state, tri-state. Um, there were three different states um, that came together to compete mm. or came together as one big band or one big orchestra, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and the three percussionists from a really small school in Pagosa Springs, Colorado were first through third chair. Wow. Yeah. That's and awesome. we taught ourselves. We didn't have <laughs> a drum instructor. We didn't have any kind of that, you know, mm-hmm. anything like that. And so that was, that was impressive to me. And that, that was mm-hmm. one of my, Hey, I can do this moments, mm-hmm. you know, and that was fifth had, and sixth grade. I had coffee over here. <laughs> yeah. That was fifth, fifth and sixth grade. So, um, yeah, that is impressive. That's but awesome. then I was homeschooled after that. So, yeah. no. I <laughs> think there is. A, I think I read somewhere that there's a a quote by like an artist or something where basically he said along the lines of you got to learn the right way to do it, or you got to learn the rules of how to do something so you can break the rules. And so like um, a lot of jazz musicians were classically trained. And so they learned all the theory, they learned all the rules so they can break all the rules. And and um, that's why I think every, if you want to be a church musician, learn 
you know, the music theory, learn how to read sheet it music. It does help. And, and it, it provides a helps. good foundation. And then when you start playing for church, obviously you're going to be playing by ear because that's the most practical thing to do. You don't want to be stuck reading sheet music while trying to play an altar call service or something like that <coughs> or or during a shout shout service that, that's all by ear so right because everything is improvised in church and spontaneous mm-hmm. uh, but it, it's good to have that foundation so you know um, so when you're want to start being creative and let those juices flow then you know how to break the rules mm-hmm. um, and, and so that that benefit me as a piano player um, um, although I would like to kind of get back into some of that music theory stuff just to kind of refresh myself but right um <clears throat> but yeah like I, I wish uh more people would learn how to read sheet music i would very much encourage young um musicians to at least mm-hmm. take lessons of some sort yeah. no matter what style of music you want to take lessons in um, it, it will help a lot. I wish that I would have taken lessons. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could have taken lessons yeah. because what happened was when I moved to uh, Mississippi and I got in the band because um, I was in public school for like a couple of years after I moved there. Um, when I got in the band, they, I, how I played was wrong. So they had to reteach me mm-hmm. like technique and that kind of thing. And it, it hindered me for a little bit, um, but again, I did have a foundation, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. Technique matters. Technique matters very much. Yeah, when you're playing a shout service and you're going a fast tempo, technique matters. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, the our drum instructor, he um, he was impressed by my knowledge and what I knew, but he was like, mm-hmm. "There's because there was zero technique." Yeah. Um, my. Go ahead. It was f- like with with drums when you play, especially in like marching band. There's a certain way you have to hold the drumsticks. You can't just flop your arms around. They have to be, <clears throat> you know, stiff and yeah. locked and in place. You can't, like looks matter. How you present mm-hmm. yourself <laughs> matters, and that that was the biggest thing. Yeah. But. Yeah, um, my experience in band. I, I enjoyed band in middle school more than I did in high school. Okay. High school, high school band kind of killed music for me uh, <laughs> because there's such an emphasis on competition, mm-hmm. and uh, and I just and I was a trumpet player and like and it sucks because now I really like jazz and I really wish I kept up the trumpet um, because I enjoy like Miles Davis stuff and all that. Yeah, Miles Davis is good. Resolutions yeah. for 2019, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I could, I could probably get back into it. I remember the fingerings and everything. Um, it's just, man, they just, they just killed it for me. Like, and and part of it was my fault, I guess. Maybe I wasn't passionate enough about it. I mean, I was more passionate about piano. There was one uh, band concert, excuse me, um, one band concert that I was in. And they played like Viva La Vida by Coldplay. And I showed them that I knew how to play that song on piano. And so they had me play piano during that. And that was like my peak in band. <laughs> that was my favorite moment in band was me playing the piano. Right? And so like piano yeah, was like yeah. my instrument. And trumpet was just sort of like the thing I was doing. Mm. 
that's kind of how it was with drums and piano for me. Drums was my first love. Like, it's what I fell in love doing. Um, and then piano was just kind of something that I picked up and I, that I could do mm-hmm. and yeah. that they needed me for. Um, yeah. But I, I love the drums. If I could get back into it and play, and I would... Mm-hmm. I would like be on cloud nine. Like, oh, I'd mm. love to learn how to play the drums because I have beats in my head all the time, and like I listen to. When you're a church musician, you you try to listen to a lot of gospel music, and you're trying to pick up ideas, um, and and you try to hear what everybody is doing. So like maybe like I could tell Zach or Jason or Lane like, you know, give them ideas, or they can give me ideas based on what they've heard. Right. But I, I hear things in my mind, but I can't put it to action, and it that kind of stinks. There's nothing like playing with musicians <laughs> that you've played with for years. And they're good. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all just, you know each other. You could do something, and they could pick up on it like that and just uh-huh. follow along. Yeah. And vice versa. Like, there's nothing like it. Man, like, <laughs> I, every time I see videos of a group of musicians playing, I I enjoy seeing their facial expressions and how they look at each other and how they... Sometimes, a, like a guitarist would do something on his guitar, and then a bass player would come right back at and and do something similar. Right, like they're talking to each other. Exactly, like that's how. And and their <laughs> mode of communication is music. It's like their instruments are like typewriters. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I just love that. I I love the camaraderie of a uh, like a band mm-hmm. part of a band. Yeah. Um. It's always been so fascinating for me. So, like, I'm not, like, as musically inclined as uh, both of you guys, but I, I do, like, operate sound. That's and a very important part. Yeah. yeah. You're the unsung hero, man. Yeah, well, I have the switch, so I can, you know, power you guys on or off. So. <laughs> Mute it's us. pretty important. Not <laughs> but, yeah, that's one of the things that the culture, uh, especially in uh, uh, Christian music, right and Pentecostal music especially like when you look at the musician groups because I've done like conferences and stuff where I'll run the board and you see the way that they interact with each other mm-hmm. it's exactly like you say you can key in on it that they actually have a relationship where mm-hmm. they can communicate just through like a glance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Even it sounds Christ so teams. cohesive yeah yeah exactly and I see that on like every service that we have every time I get behind the soundboard yeah. it's the, the same cohesiveness all the time yeah and that's why it's going to be very interesting when we uh, install the new monitoring system mm-hmm. and then install the, the the mic at the piano where I'm talking to the musicians. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our church is way behind, so we're just now instituting a talkback mic. But whatever. It's an in-ear talkback, though. That's, but like, that's, that's going to be yeah. a tough, be a tough transition for me because I'm so used to just like making eye contact with people and just like nodding my head. Like, mm-hmm. now, <laughs> yeah. Or, and it's gonna it's gonna be a transition, but it's something we need for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It can be fun. Yeah. It can be very entertaining. Very entertaining. I'm gonna like, miss the gang signs on the platform. <laughs> it's like chorus, mm-hmm. bridge, West Side. You're like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there a is there a story behind your entertaining comment? Yes. <laughs> So we had we had talkback mics and uh, we could hear everything that was going on and we had this one drummer his name was Tyler <laughs> from Wiggins and you would hear him in the drum cage 
singing soprano at the top of his voice. <laughs> we were like, it was like yeah. the, he was always doing crazy stuff where mm-hmm. we would be singing goofy in the mic or just like having yeah. our own little entertainment during worship. Don't do that. That's not. That's not uh, encouraged. Yeah, <laughs> but I'd be like, so you should be worshiping. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be so afraid that some guy in the sound wouldn't like push the wrong button. Oh, that's happened. And then like it goes out. Put, put what I'm saying in the talkback mic into the main yeah. where everybody hears it. That happened at a conference. That hasn't happened to me or to anybody that I've played with or sung with. But that happened at a conference. Conference one time. It was interesting. Very yeah. Interesting. What What did they say? I don't even remember. I just remember like. Like in the middle of worship, you could see people's faces. They were like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah. I feel like I'd be joking around because it's like interjected in between yeah. like words that were sung. So it was, <laughs> it was just perfect timing. Yeah. It was fantastic. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember what was said. Yeah, but mm. um, it'll be easy. So like, if someone doesn't know something, I could just tell them. You just shout at them chords or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's so convenient. We used to have a talkback system, but it was we only had the mic on the soundboard, so it was a sound mm-hmm. into the musicians, and it wasn't yeah. very useful because you know we can't really interpret what you yeah. guys are wanting from the floor, right? right. And it's so, it's really hard for me to talk and play at the same time. That's what yeah. I'm it's about. hard to sing and play at the same time. That's a difficult. I know, thing but to do. but singing at least has a rhythm, while like talking is just doesn't really have a rhythm. It's a transition to the chorus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we would sing we would sing the chords. It would be really funny. So instead of the words, we would just sing the chords. Mm-hmm. Like um we had this there was this guitarist. He actually has a podcast too. Mm. Shout out to Cody Do It. Mm. He's a um phenomenal musician. Like he could just sit down and pick up something like that. It's just crazy. Mm. Um but playing the guitar and the drums were his like his thing. Um, but mm-hmm. he would get up there on the get the guitar and I would like be struggling to figure something out and he would just pick it up and do it. And he, but he would sing the, cor- he would sing the chords mm-hmm. instead of the words and it would just crack me up, but mm-hmm. <laughs> he could do it. He's yeah. That dude is crazy. Like that's the kind of musician that I wanted, mm-hmm. want to be like mm-hmm. someone that I could just sit down and just figure it out like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so impressive. Like he can, he that. can listen to something and just yeah. lift it and, and yeah. like instantly. And I like that process where I'm like trying to find some other nuance and another cool thing to do to an otherwise boring song, which we tend to do a lot of, <laughs> especially, uh, last Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> last Sunday song set. Oh, yeah. that was the widest <laughs> set list. <laughs> yeah. No offense to Brother Moore, but <laughs> holy cow! I, I walked okay. up. We started with what? Open the eyes of my heart. Yes. And then, and then, uh, Great Are You, Lord, by All Sons and Daughters, which is a good song. Yes, that is a good song. Um, and then, what was the? Uh, this know. is the air I breathe. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so it was like super yeah. Michael W. Smith. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just like lift up your hands, church. <laughs> oh, man. I was I was singing and I was looking at the platform and I get a tap on my shoulder and I turn around and Brent's like, "This is the widest set ever." <laughs> I just started laughing. Yeah, I, I don't know how I would have how I would have like changed it up. I, and, and then like they they did some Sister Ruth did some interesting things. Um, nuances to at least not make it so vanilla, but mm-hmm. like, oh, it was super vanilla still though. But it was, you, you, <laughs> super like it was, yeah. Little vanilla, vanilla. And those the songs, those thing. songs are good. <laughs> they're, like they're not bad songs. No. They're just 
it's over, just different times. So yeah, yeah. They're just really old. Yeah, but I like I like having fun when I'm up there. Yeah, and like it you know, if I'm doing something like by Israel or uh, William McDowell, I usually have a good time. And when I'm having a good time, I'm just having a I good play time. better. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like I play better and like, but uh, for some reason, it is a universal law where any song that I spend like pretty much all night practicing and like perfecting and i'm like oh man and, oh, oh man i'm gonna <laughs> nail this song right I've, dude i added some tricks to it i added some cool things to it yeah we never do the song <laughs> the 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 song that i practice the most we never do mm-hmm. we, we we get a text and it's like six songs three mm-hmm. fast three slow and then we maybe do too fast too slow in the service maybe one or two fast too fast one slow yeah. one fast too slow like three songs in the in the service so and I'm always practicing the song that we don't do the most, and it's just probably picking the most complicated one. Well, yeah. It's just like, man, oh well, the singers aren't comfortable doing it. Well, I mean, get on my level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Josh is gonna M- break out in the life. middle of a song. Just be like, no offense to singers. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's everywhere. Praise teams have the hardest time getting things yeah. down mm-hmm. and there's yeah. just it's just because there's so there's more praise singers than musicians yeah. yeah and i think they would benefit from classical music theory stuff imagine ha- teaching someone parts but instead of you know doing your hands in certain ways and like telling you like this note is above this one you can just give them sheet music and they can just look at it and sight read it and be like oh okay that's the part you know like yeah, Imagine if it, everybody could do that. It would help. <laughs> yeah. But but some, not everybody's talented enough or, or uh, not, willing to. I wouldn't say talented enough. I would say have everybody. Have time to learn it. Yeah. Not everybody is um, going to pick it up as fast as others. You know, that, that's people true. are not. It, it, it all really depends on what you're interested in. Yeah. If you're interested in it, obviously you're going to learn it and you're going to you're going to pick it up. But if you're not mm-hmm. really interested in the theory of it, it's just going to be like. Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know. Well, but you know, you think about all those like um, big mega churches that have like dedicated bands and stuff like that's the, exclusively their job. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. So, I mean, they, they have all the time in the world to hone in on their craft, study, mm-hmm. and get introduced. Yeah. yeah. But so I understand it for, for in, in those scenarios. And that's why some churches have better music departments is because. Oh, that is why. Because that's their job. Because yeah. it's their job and that's all they're doing. Yeah. And, like, well, they're cool. getting paid to do it. So if yeah. they don't do their job and they get fired. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also like, <laughs> but it's like one of those things where they're. It's not just they get paid to do it that adds the motivation. It's that they're passionate. They love to do they it. They love to yes. do it, mm-hmm. and so like that's like a dream job for mm-hmm. them. And like you know, I've considered like, okay, what if I was offered a music director position? I'm like, you know, I think I would do it. And I, I kind of evolved to this point because when I was trying to pursue careers and all that stuff, I wasn't interested in it. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I would enjoy it. Just nonstop music all day. But again, there's a lot more to it than just than just the playing. Music there's there's, there's producing. There's, a lot mm-hmm. into it. there's producing. There's learning new songs. Yes. Being able to teach pe- other people new mm-hmm. songs. Um, there's the like being able to not get frustrated with people. People, yeah. Mm-hmm. God. <laughs> just like that's the management. And that's part the thing. It, yeah. That's the thing too. Like if I ever become music director, I'm gonna be reaping so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes. god! Because I frustrated like. Sister Ruth, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I frustrated the fire out of you. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, that that happened to me as a as a um, a youth priest team leader. So that was that in itself was very challenging. And me being a youth member myself mm-hmm. during the time that I was music director uh, for our youth was very challenging. Mm-hmm. Very very challenging. Mm-hmm. So shout out to the people who stuck by me because yeah. it was it was rough. And it was it was it was weird for me too because when I joined youth, I was immediately dropped. Like, okay, you play piano? All right, play piano for youth service. Okay. And, like, I'm, like, 13. I'm, like, still learning how to, like, (laughs) be responsible. Yeah. Learning how to not be a jerk. And so I had that talent, but not the maturity. Right. And I'm just, like, how did they deal with it? (laughs) Like, uh, there was one Sunday morning practice where I was so stressed out, and I was in youth. I, I was stressed out, and I was messing up. I didn't practice enough and I was messing up on the song and and then like uh peop- somebody like said hey are, are, are you okay Josh and I was like well or some gave some sort of criticism of me and I was like well I guess I don't have to play for youth anymore or just I made something like a snarky comment and I later apologized about it cuz I was just stressed out mhm but um yeah I was very immature and it, when you cross a bunch of talent and even anointing that kind of gifts that, you know, are without repentance kind of mm-hmm. thing, and you cross that with immaturity, man. It can be rough. It can be mm-hmm. rough on the, the the leaders that are trying Very to rough. cultivate yes. you. Yes, it can. And they're, they're trying to, you know, help you grow up. and It's very frustrating for them. Yeah. Yes. But it is dangerous to be talented and then not uh and not be right in the sight of God. Mm-hmm. That's very much extremely very dangerous true. because because you put pressure on the church to keep you there because they don't have anybody to replace you. But especially in smaller churches. But mm-hmm. they're also inhibiting you from developing mm-hmm. because you're they're not holding you accountable. I guess it's a good thing about yeah. Bigger churches. Yeah. There's not really, there's, there's still that pressure because they want to keep you, but mm-hmm. there's not so much of a pressure because they know they have someone there's to someone step else. up. Yeah. yeah. And then they did have other people to replace me. And so like, they have no problem, you know, sitting me down for a few months and right. getting my act together and then come back in. Um, and by the way, that has happened to me, you know, <laughs> it's happened mm-hmm. to me too. It happens, you know, it, mm-hmm. Well, it's it's just it's a process, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know things happen, and when it does happen, you just have to take it, yeah. learn from it. Learning how to be like a team player, how to um, be a better communicator, not come across as someone that knows better than everybody else. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely, your motive, your your motivation, and, and your mm-hmm. um, your motives behind mm-hmm. your actions. Are very important. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very thankful for a bishop that didn't let me seize every opportunity that presented itself, because I I was asked to play for kids camps, youth camps, stuff like that. I was even asked to like join a band, you know, and go around the country <laughs> and play with them. And uh, in that instance, I didn't feel it for myself. But like early on, when I was a kid, and people were asking me to do stuff because mm-hmm. I knew I was talented. My, I would always make sure to ask my bishop about it, 
first and then he'd be like yeah i don't think so yeah but that's that's important too that's that's a whole yeah but i see now why uh why that was good Mm -hmm. because i i would not have experienced that whole accountability i would have just been constantly well because they see it uh, people on the i say on the outside just for a lack of a better phrase but they see it as just talent Mm-hmm. But you know that it's more than talent. It's yeah. talent. It's anointing. It's a calling. And so there's more to it than mm-hmm. what they see. So, you know, they don't see it as a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but as such as Bishop, you know, he sees the the, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. He sees where it might take you. And, mm-hmm. and he knows that you have an anointing. And when you're using yeah. it for something other than glorifying God, it can get a little bit mm-hmm. difficult um, to stop. Like yeah. there's no... There's no boundaries when it comes to that, you know, mm-hmm. in the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It'll take you to places that you never thought mm-hmm. that you would go. Um, yeah. Good and bad. Yeah. So. And then uh, my spiritual leaders always drilled into me the fact that I was called my ministry. Music was just going to be a part of it, but not the whole thing. Right. And so, like, I was, I was drilled early on not to really. Now, like, am I still passionate about music? Oh, yeah. Like. I, I I bust my rear trying to get better all the time, um, but I realize that that's not the total extent of what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. And uh, and, and so I keep a larger perspective. And um, I remember when my dream was to play at a youth camp. That was like all I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I played a day service at a youth camp. And then I was like, well, um, hmm, that was it. <laughs> Like, it was kind of underwhelming, Mm -hmm. Um, just trying to find that fulfillment in playing music uh, in a big setting, and I was just like, well, this was it? Okay. What's next, right? Yeah. That was kind of my aspiration, too, as a young, as as a youth, um, as youth, um, to be up there with everybody else at Mm -hmm. camps and camp meetings and... I see my friends being up there and I'm, mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, as a, as a young mind, you think oh, I'm equally as talented as they are. Mm-hmm. I can do that too. Like, mm-hmm. or <laughs> my, you know, my 17 year old mind, 16, 17 year old mind was like, I can sing better than that person. Mm-hmm. Why are they up there? But I'm not. Yeah. And that was why is because my, my motive mm. was wrong. Exactly. Mm. And, but then again, um, like I would, I would try to be a part of things like bigger things. Like we had this um, Mississippi All-State Choir, and it's a big thing in Mississippi. Like it's huge, and um, there's like at least I want to say a hundred, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. Um, just kids, young kids, young to mm-hmm. like twenties, twenty one, twenty two, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they they would just all come together and you would be amazed at the talent of these 13, 14, mm-hmm. 15 year olds. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely, that's absolutely insane. But they, they would humble me, their, their spirit and their motive and their drive for what they do and the love for what they do goes beyond their talent. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, it goes to the one that gave them the talent. And as a 13 year old, that's crazy to me mm-hmm. because I didn't have that as a 13 year old. Yeah. But for them, as 13, 14, 15, it's, it's like super humbling. Yeah. Uh, but I would try to be a part of those things. And I was a part of them, but I would never get out of it what I thought I would get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, being up there, um, we would sing at camp meetings and that kind of thing. It was never, 
satisfying as a musician but it was just because my motive was wrong mm -hmm. the spirit behind it was wrong mm -hmm. so didn't really get out of it what i thought i would yeah, yeah. there was no satisfaction yeah i used to be upset with like not playing or if i got replaced or if somebody else was yep. asked to play I a song that I thought times. I could play, and it, like, yes. it would be a bummer. But but then I realized, well, yeah, they are better than me. You know, like at some point, you got to realize there are people better than you. There are a lot. And there of people. are people that practice <laughs> more than you. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, I went by doing the bare minimum. But it's not even that they're better than you. It's like there's people that I know that talent-wise, I am better than them, but. Mm -hmm their love and their passion and God anoints them to do that certain thing. Regardless, mm -hmm. there's multiple people that are better than them, but mm -hmm. they have a specific purpose for that specific thing. And yes, I could probably do it better, but I would crash and burn because it's not where I'm supposed to be. It's mm -hmm. where they're supposed to be. You see what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So they're there doing that because mm -hmm. that's what God called them to do. Regardless if there's someone better than them or not, they probably know that too, mm -hmm. but they're, but that's not their motive behind it. And they're not going to let it stop them. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to continue to grow and God's going to continue to develop them. And that's probably the main reason why they're there mm -hmm. is development. Mm -hmm. Yeah. God is using it to bring them through something or to teach them things. Um, so mm -hmm. I had to learn that. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. I learned that pretty recently too. You know, a couple of years ago, I was asked to sit down and take a break. Um, you know, I, I need to, I ha there were some things that I was doing wrong um, um, from a, like, being a team player standpoint. And so I was asked to kind of take a break for a few months. Now, that, that kind of devastated me, but here's what came out of it. Um, I, I approached the bishop and asked him, hey, is there anything I can do during this time? You know, so so I'm not like sitting here twiddling my thumbs. Right. And he was like, "Hey, why don't you go and go out with me and teach Bible studies?" Okay, so I went out with him, and then I started. First, I would you know observe what's going on and maybe answer questions, um, and then he would have me teach a lesson, and I taught one guy baptism, and then he later got baptized. And so during that whole time. That whole purpose of that time was for me to discover, wait, there's other aspects mm -hmm. of what I'm supposed to do. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. And that ignited my love of teaching Bible studies. Right. It's kind of like me where I am right now. You know, I'm taking a break mm -hmm. from, from praise team, from, mm -hmm. you know, being on the platform. But there's there was a door that was open recently, as in like last night. Um, there's a girl that I work with right now, and she um, expressed interest in, in wanting a Bible study. So... There's there's a pause in one aspect or, or one part of my life, mm -hmm. but then there's development that's going on in another part. So it's not yes. like my life has stopped, but God is developing other mm -hmm. things in other areas of yes. my life. And so that's, that's the purpose. Mm -hmm. And not that I necessarily did anything wrong, which there were things um, that definitely more definitely need more um developing mm -hmm. yeah. you know as far as like like you said team player um communication that kind of thing um because just you know life happens and mm -hmm. but anyway um but there's uh, that area that god has been trying to develop in me that he can't because i'm so busy doing this 
that mm-hmm. he put a, a pause on that on this so he can mm-hmm. develop this and mm-hmm. it's just yeah and, and and if people have that mindset like okay sure i'm not playing at youth camp but why don't i just like pray for people in the altar instead like mm-hmm. like yeah. it's there's always an opportunity for you to minister but we're so hung up in that w- we think we're only supposed to minister in one way and that's right. music right right Right. right, and then, but when there's other opportunities to minister in different ways, we ignore them. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not that's me. not me. Like, yeah, it amazes me when I see people in the altar that you can tell when they pray for people that they're just passionate about it, and mm-hmm. they, it's almost like it's addicting to them. Like they they're yeah. constantly looking for someone else to pray for. Or yeah, hopefully they're not like shaking people's heads. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, yeah. You can just tell that they're super sensitive, <laughs> and that when they stop praying for somebody or they feel that release, that it, they don't just stop. They automatically are are looking around and praying, yes. and you know, finding that other person. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one of the things that um, really yeah. amazes me about Rodney is he has a love for. For altar working when he's in the altar Rodney is Sheila's boyfriend yes I'm sorry I did not clarify um, yeah. when he's in the altar he is constantly looking for someone to pray for if God is not dealing with him personally yeah. and he's not you know praying um, for himself or for things you know in his life mm-hmm. he is looking for somebody to pray for and that is like when I see people like that it just it amazes me yeah. it really mm-hmm. does the love the love it's just a love for people yeah, a yeah. love for people, and that's that's pretty much all it boils down to, a love for souls. Yeah, hmm. I think I think there's still room for me to grow in that area. Oh, absolutely. Been, I think that's for I'm everybody. Pretty, I'm pretty. Yeah. Me definitely. There's a lot of cynicism that I need to break down. Honestly. There's a lot of questions. That that's kind of one of the things that hinders me is should I pray for that person? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. God, I, I'm dealing with this myself. Am should I qualified? I re- am I really qualified yeah. to pray for this yeah. person? Yeah. You know, am I right enough? Exactly. Am I clean enough to? God, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, do I have clean hands? Can, can can I go pray for this person? And what's amazing is, the enemy is not the you you yourself and the enemy will never put it on your heart or your mind to go pray for somebody else. Number one, because it steps out of your comfort zone. Number mm-hmm. two, because the enemy is just not going to want you to go pray for, pray for somebody else. Right. So you know that it absolutely has to be God. Mm-hmm. If God is is put it on your heart to go pray for someone, there's a purpose and there's a, sp- a specific reason. Mm-hmm. And although you don't have the words to say right then, the moment that you actually step out and go mm-hmm. pray for that person, it's going to come. Yeah. Um, and I, I had to learn that um, the hard way. Like I would go home several nights after church and know that I missed it. Mm-hmm. And it would just, it would just eat at me. I'm just mm-hmm. like, okay, like it would really bother me. Mm-hmm. And I would get to the point to where it would bother me so much that I would eventually listen <laughs> to the voice of God and to be sensitive in the altar. And that if so, if God is dealing with me to go pray for somebody, that I wouldn't question it. Yeah, I would just go pray for that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, that I, I think about a lot, too, are the musicians that play during altar call all the time. And like, from my standpoint, I, I I've been playing altar call pretty frequently uh, for our church. But like, I like praying in the altar. You know what I mean? Like, it used to bug me. And it's just one of those things where, um, 
hopefully these uh, music ministers are praying on their own time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they don't have to pray during altar calls so they could you know absolutely set the atmosphere set the tone um, but like me I'm like I'm not so glued to the piano where I don't want to like I'm perfectly fine with praying in the altar in fact I'm perfectly fine with there being no music during altar call or right. worship yeah, because I actually kind of like to be able to hear myself pray and, <laughs> you know, and like be able to think straight and not yeah. get my ears blown off uh, at the altar call of a conference. But people get so accustomed to that. I yeah. think they get accustomed to that atmosphere. Well, they get uncomfortable it, with silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, I mean, that that mm-hmm. robs you of developing, <clears throat> you know, a, a prayer life outside of church. Yeah. Because you feel like you don't get. You know, the next, like at least for like young Christians, you know, yeah. that they feel like they have to have this atmosphere to get that emotional, mm-hmm. um, the emotionalism going, and then they don't really develop anything yeah. outside of that. That's what yeah. I love about pre-service prayer um, or corporate prayer for us yeah. as a, as a church body. No music. We have no music, mm-hmm. yeah. but yet, like, it's you walk in and you don't have to have music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have that constant push yeah. to pray. Like bishop or or someone else doesn't even get up to leave lead prayer until like what like fifteen ten fifteen minutes before ten o'clock. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean. Yeah, there are, there are many instances when we go on the platform for Sunday morning worship and people are like on their faces from uh, the first hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're just like, okay, what do we do? That was me many times. Right. And so, like, Seriously, we like, didn't have to set a tone. The tone was set already. Exactly. And we just have to make sure we don't screw it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right? Told, yeah. We don't want to, like, go in when everybody's, like, travailing and, like, on their face and, like, go in and start with some, like, goofy fast song or something like that. And that's mm-hmm. what I like about our hyphen group. Our hyphen does not have this mindset of teaching as, uh, it's teaching. But most most of the hyphen group that's in there for teaching like we're all getting something out of it mm-hmm. and i remember when i first moved here that was that was honestly my favorite part of service was the teaching mm-hmm. uh, not anything on you know on on the preaching cuz obviously mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that was a very um good part of of the service mm-hmm. but teaching to me like because it dealt with things that are not really preached about mm-hmm. teaching is more like on a personal level um to to develop more understanding of why things happen mm-hmm. or you know where you are um and and why you're there kind mm-hmm. of thing for me um mm-hmm. preaching is more of a body level yeah it's preaching to the entire <laughs> body right i do like I, I think I prefer teaching over preaching, like someone just like getting into yeah. just expounding on a particular topic like prayer or spiritual yeah. warfare. I can sit for hours listening to that. Me too. And then uh, and then preaching has its own purpose. Um, no, I love preaching. Don't get me wrong. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I um, love preaching. I'll, I'll sit and listen to preaching. You know, I'll go and YouTube. Um, there's one in particular. Um but, but the the preachers who know how to teach are the good ones. Yes. Mm-hmm. They incorporate the <laughs> yeah. teacher, the preaching. Yeah. Yeah. Like that will That's set beautiful. the foundation that will break down scripture and just like illuminate things. Mm-hmm. There's three That's main, what I like. Um, there's three main preachers that do teach 
um, that really everything that they have said or any message mm-hmm. that they've preached that mm-hmm. I've heard is is a mixture of both mm-hmm. and that in itself is like I just I get so much out of it yeah because it's not all preaching like I think as apostolics we have this mindset of, of how preachers should be and they defy that like they they completely go against mm-hmm. the the preaching mindset that apostolics have yeah um like court chavis for instance he preaches like a madman mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when in certain parts of his message he's like he teaches and he explains and he so i really like mm-hmm. uh, listening to court chavis and mm-hmm. raymond woodward oh my god woodward is awesome um, Victor Jackson does Victor that Jackson too. Victor Jackson is amazing. He can He's break phenomenal. down scripture, and I'm like, I have never <laughs> considered this as a possibility of what this means. Like, yeah, right. And, and just uh, he he illuminates things, and it's yes. not just, just, just getting a him. bunch of kids to uh, get excited. You know, it's it's deep, right? Um, and we're not lifting up preachers or or, or teachers. You know, it's right. obviously. Um, it's, it's it's annoying for yes. sure. Well, it, well, it's it's their presentation mm-hmm. that I think that makes the difference. Because um, God is in that yeah. exactly. They're anointed, yes, yeah. um, but they have a certain delivery that that just really. Dude, uh, being an orator is a skill. Is. That's, mm-hmm. That is a skill that yeah. has to be learned and uh, and uh, you know molded developed, and shaped yeah. and developed. I just remember saying one. Something about uh, being excited that I was getting to hear a certain preacher, and someone made the comment, "It's not the preacher, it's not the man, it's the God." I'm like, "Yes, but he's using the man, and mm-hmm. the Guess man what? has a talent." Some men work harder than other men. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And then some men are more anointed than other men. Like we, there are preachers that I absolutely do not really care. Not all to preachers sit are equal. And listen to yeah. like seriously. And it's not because they're a bad person, but it's just because mm-hmm. it's almost like they haven't, they're, they're not as connected, I guess is what you would say. Yeah. They're not as sensitive. They're not. And you can tell. You can, you, you can absolutely tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell how much they study the Bible. You can yes. tell. That uh, makes all the difference. How the much world. time they spend organizing what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my thing is, is like, like I think I spoke like a few months ago for like Wednesday night, which was phenomenal, by the way. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Andrew did well too. You check did. out check out mm-hmm. our church's podcast, um, the First UPC. Yeah, you can just Antonio. catch the church uh, podcast at our website, First UPC dot org. Yeah, because uh, one thing about our bishop is that he gives ministers young ministers and female ministers and all kinds of ministers opportunities mm-hmm. um so check that out but but i'm not i'm not a yeller and screamer you know mm-hmm. i'm really not like like if i was getting emotional i'd probably raise my voice but like i just i talk to them like i'm talking now you know but it was what conversational you had to say it was what yeah. you said it was yeah, it it was really good. And so, like, really I consider good. myself like if I had to pick which one I am, I'm more of like a teacher. Yeah. Um, 
and that's something I would rather be than a preacher. Right. Um, I'd rather people learn stuff from me than like get excited from mm-hmm. what I say. Absolutely. Because the excitement goes down. Not that you don't learn from preaching, yeah. but yeah. again, it's but, more of a breakdown of what mm-hmm. you're preaching But how about. many times yeah. on Monday do we forget what was preached? We remember how we felt and we, we judge a good service by how we felt in that service but we don't remember what was talked about. That's one one thing I love about my mom. She takes notes. She will sit there and the Lord will tell her something or or uh, make something more, something will jump out out at her more than others and she'll write it down and she'll remember. And like, she has so many notes from, from sermons that she hears and things like that. Mm-hmm. I can't do that. I am so locked in mm-hmm. to what is being said that I can't. I can't take the time to write mm-hmm. notes mm-hmm. and I, then I forget. Yeah. yeah. But I, I really lock into like ideas that I never considered, like, uh, mm-hmm. using Andrew as an example, when he spoke, he, um, he talked about Jesus, you know, showing himself to Thomas and like going through a wall and like defying the poly exclusion <laughs> principle and like going through matter mm-hmm. just to, reveal himself to someone right. and, and just completely going against the laws of the universe just to find you where you are. And, I, and that just kind of like me, you know, studying science and all that, that just kind of hit home. I'm like, Holy cow, what a God, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing that really jumped out at me, was it, was it brother Shaw that was here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Elder Shaw. Yeah. Was it him? That was a couple of uh, weeks ago. I, I don't remember if it was him or not, but um, the comment was made that most people come to the altar to be healed and, and to receive their healing, but not everybody comes back to the altar to be made whole. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. A leper. that was yeah. like, yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It, it, it just, there's something about that statement that was made that really made me think mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. So that's what mm-hmm. needs to happen. That's the missing piece right. of why so many mm-hmm. people go back to what they were healed from. Yes, it's because they don't come back and receive, or or they're not. Or they give don't come worship. back. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they don't come back and they're not made whole. Yeah. Right. So, like the leper, and all those lepers went and received healing, mm-hmm. right? And then the other leper was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go back and give back something that I have which is my worship right. and then that's when he was made whole so like everybody goes to the altar to right. receive something but never to give anything or put it on a more mm-hmm. logic um, standpoint is yeah. like the glasses that I have right now I need to go get new glasses I'm constantly having headaches mm-hmm. and I can take Excedrin and things like that to, to temporarily to take away the headache but if I don't get new glasses with the right prescription mm-hmm. that my eyes need I'm going to keep having headaches. You need to change the way you look at things. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> Y'all just set it up oh. right there. Woo. So, man. See what I'm saying? Like, where's the offering plate, man? Because I got to give something. <laughs> she said it and I spiked it. Jesus said it. Jesus said it. <laughs> I mean, let's just, that, that really, that just, it, yeah. mm-hmm. it did something to me. It resonates. Like, yeah. revelation yeah. in that one simple yeah. statement was like, oh my gosh. And, and that's what that's what most sermons are. Like, I think as a preacher or teacher, you have to understand that people are going to pretty much receive one point mm-hmm. or one nugget that you say. And people will receive different ones. 
but nobody's going to really remember everything that you said. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one thing that I yeah. constantly pray for in my own time is that when the word is being brought forth, that um, that revelation, that, that revelation would flow, that, that I would receive something that God would would um, confirm, either confirm things or make things known that I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that it wouldn't just be another sermon, that it wouldn't just be another uh-huh time of me sitting and listening to the word but that god would constantly mm-hmm. bring new things um to my mind so yeah and then it's, it's important yeah and it then really and then our speakers we try to like figure out okay what can i say that nobody's ever heard before and like mm-hmm. what can blow people's minds what can be so profound and stuff like that but yeah. what's crazy is when you get up to actually speak none of that comes out and none of that comes out <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but really god just the main thing is just talking about your personal experience no one else has had your experience. Exactly. And so if you, the main way of achieving that, like saying something that no one's ever heard is just talk about your own personal experience. I know one thing, like me being sort of a PK, you know, living with a minister, she, um, she would con- like, she, we would always talk about what she was going to preach about or what she was going to speak about her. And she would get up and it, God would change it. And I would watch it change because I know what she's going to be speaking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it. We talked about what she studied about. We talked about the scripture she was going to use. Mm-hmm. I remember several times she would get up and she, God would literally tell her to leave her notes mm-hmm. or she would get up with no notes, just scripture. Mm. And I've, I've like completely trusting in God. And, and that's another big thing is trust, mm-hmm. but God would completely change it. Mm-hmm. And God would give her revelation through her speaking and it's just amazing to watch those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, like, I, I would have never figured out the whole speaking side and teaching side of me had I not, you know, been taken out of music right. temporarily. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to see how this is going to go. Like, yeah, I'm excited to see what what is developed through this yeah and, this that, and that's part. the way you got to look at it like yeah. regardless of the circumstances behind uh being taken out of the ministry just yeah. making up your mind and saying that like okay there's going to be something constructive that happens during this season yes right. um, well you and i josh you and i talked about it you yeah. know right after it happened and you made that statement to me yeah. and it's kind of already a mindset that i had taken on i guess um right after it happened but when you said it it's just kind of like a Mm-hmm. You know, an okay moment. Mm-hmm. Just to um, encourage, you know. Right. And then this new, I guess, thing just came up literally last night um, when she expressed the interest of a Bible study. And I've been feeling like I needed to start teaching Bible studies mm-hmm. um, f- over the course of the, in the last couple of weeks. But mm-hmm. God opened a door. And so it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is what this is about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I don't have things to work on because everybody does but that through this god's going to develop and he's going to um improve and help me in the things that i need to work on Mm -hmm. through this yes Mm -hmm. so yeah and then i told you this too like the other day at chili's you know and it kind of goes back to why we call this the after church podcast because a lot of these conversations we have after church Mm -hmm. church, right and uh Dude, what you said, because I was talking to you about, like, how I'm not comfortable with teaching piano lessons or teaching music to somebody else, Mm -hmm. and you just completely wrecked me. 
you know, just like sorry. The fact, no, no, <laughs> but like the fact that I'm making excuses, and and the fact is, is that I need to have someone under me. Like I need to, you know, who I was to Ruth, who taught me. I need to have my own version of me below me to teach. Mentor. And yeah, yeah I, I need to mentor someone, um, because right. there's nobody like the people under there's really we don't have any youth people learning music yeah which is pretty crazy yeah um and so like i talked to god and and then god i kind of um I, me and god agreed on a sign of a way for me to know okay i'm supposed to teach this person um i don't want to say it in the airwaves because and then people will just right like, mm-hmm. jump all over right it. exactly but side I, note find friends that would tell you the truth yeah mm. and and it's that that was definitely something I needed to hear because I was like, well, I'm not. I don't know. If For I'm those of you listening, I didn't beat Josh up with my words. No. <laughs> we were just having a serious conversation. Because I was telling her, it's like I don't know if I'm comfortable teaching young kids or, or, uh, you know, or people in general. I didn't know if I had time or, or uh, with around my busy schedule because I am doing a lot. But again, I'm trying to. You're always going to gonna be doing a lot, f- no matter what. The whole concept of being ready, quote unquote, like. No one's ever ready. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So thanks for that. No problem. Anytime. Good kick in the pants. <laughs> what we need. Yeah. 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 It's a good mark of a good friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some bruises. <laughs> yeah. Some bruises. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I I expect people to be that way with me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I expressed that to to Sister Ruth. Um. When I first got here, Sister Ruth is our music director. I, we haven't, yeah, clarified we haven't clarified that. Yeah. mentioned her, but she's the music director. I expressed that to her when I when I when we first met and we first started um, meeting, and she's you know first starting getting to know me. That I want someone to be honest with me and to yeah. tell me the truth, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. And um, she was that way, you know, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and there were some things that I needed to hear that she, 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 you know, she told me and I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a FaceTime. I'm sorry. Um, but I expect people to be that way with me. Um, mm-hmm. now I'm not that way with everyone because there's some people that can't handle it that I know that I will absolutely offend. Mm-hmm. But I think within, you know, the close circle of our, our friends, such as, you know, me, Josh, Davina, Zach, you know, mm-hmm. those those people, um, that we can all be that way with one another. And that's yeah. what I appreciate about our friendship. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, we, we had uh, Anthony Brent and Justin Ballot over at our house. It was me and my dad and them two. And then my dad told me afterwards, it was like, I can't believe y'all interact that way where y'all <laughs> insult each other. Yeah. Like so harshly. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know either. I mean, yeah. that's how it is with me and Davina. If, if people <laughs> that didn't know us were in earshot of our conversations, yeah. they would absolutely think that we just hate each other. Like, yeah. But it's funny because we're not, we're not doing it to be mean, mm-hmm. you know, we right. don't take it. We, we make it's each other laugh. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's not true. The things that we say are absolutely not true, but it's just funny. But um, like we got, we've gotten to the point, I mean, maybe as kids we were just so beaten up and then we just learned to accept it. And then now we just laugh. We just laugh with each other and laugh <laughs> yeah. at each other. 
And, Especially uh, the things that are true. Like, it's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, okay, yeah, I'm that way. Well, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, own up to it, you know? Um, That's what I mean by friends that tell you the truth. Yeah. But, like, yeah. sometimes I get in trouble with when I'm meeting new people and I get too comfortable yeah. right away. And you imply it right away, yeah. And then I start reverting. You don't know how often that happens and to then, me. And then they don't <laughs> and react. And I have to apologize. Yeah. And they don't react that way. I'm like, yeah. oh, crap. They get offended. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have to be very careful. Mm. I have to be very careful. I'll just put it on myself, all on myself, because yeah. I do that. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have to fill a person out before you start doing Shit. that. Yeah, I will get offended oh, right yeah. away, right away. So, talk about what it was like. How much time do we have, by the way? Uh, we are at hour and thirty. Okay. Wow. All right, yeah. we'll do like thirty more minutes or something. Yeah. Um. Sorry to all those people who complain about how long our episodes are. <laughs> yes, but, sorry yeah. if it's boring, but, but we're enjoying this. So, no, it's but awesome. uh, you know what? Keep listening, you guys. can create your own podcast where each episode's thirty minutes long. Yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> and then listen to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but See, that is a very good yeah. example yeah. of how our friendship. That's how is. close <laughs> we are with you, audience. <laughs> <laughs> That is the things uh, that are is said. We, we treat uh, our audience so very well. Uh, we cut at you guys, and then, I mean, you can comment back. We could take it, you know. We take it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, talk about, like, because we've talked about this before, where where you're, when you started coming to our church, it was an interesting transition, like, where you didn't really know anybody, and you weren't really friends with anybody for a while before. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. So for a while, um, when I first got here, I was so focused on being friends uh, or finding friends because I'm just an incredibly social person. Like, I just yeah. talk to anyone, talk to everyone. I like to be in someone, some sort of conversation. I don't like to be, you know, by myself or whatever. But mm-hmm. when I was when I first got here. I wanted to make friends and that kind of thing, and it just did not happen. Not for mm. a good four months, four or five months. And that's... It's very hard. I'm kind of disappointed by that. <laughs> it's, But it wasn't anyone's fault. Um, it it was something that I had to learn, and, and God did that. It, mm. it wasn't it wasn't the, the hyphen group. It wasn't the youth group. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to be okay with being alone i needed to be okay with being alone without being alone if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um there were things that i had to learn through those four or five months that not i'm not constantly going to be surrounded by people and i've got to be okay with that um so that is the reason why god would absolutely not allow me to make friends <laughs> and then after i was okay with that then i started hanging out with josh and brent and uh, Davina and mm-hmm. Zach and Jocelyn, Gianna, mm-hmm. you know, everybody that's, that's a part of the hyphen. Um, and then I'm like, okay, now I get to make friends. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like it just, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen right away. Like I expected mm-hmm. it to be. And it was frustrating for me because I'm like, okay, I make friends so easily. Mm-hmm. I do. It's just something that that's always been naturally to me. Like I can walk up to somebody and I can talk to them, but I was so shy when I got here mm-hmm. that I absolutely did not recognize myself. I was like, okay, this is not me. So why am I being mm. standoffish? Why am I not 
going and talking to people. It was frustrating for me, but um, but it was definitely something that that I needed mm-hmm. to go through <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to realize that I'm I'm not always going to have people around. You know, yeah, I'm not going to be constantly surrounded by by friends and mm-hmm. by you know people that I can conversate with. That I've got to mm-hmm. be okay with being alone without being mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. And I think that helps out a lot of the people. I mean, in case they're listening and they have to move somewhere and they find themselves in a church they're completely unfamiliar with, I'm I'm sure that can resonate with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, remember that time where, like, I was pretty much the first one that started talking to you and then everybody thought you liked me? (laughs) Yeah, and there was a rumor that was going on. I'm like, can I not be here for, like, two months without a rumor being started, please? Like, yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, he just said hi. Yeah. <laughs> like, th- that's yeah. it. That was pretty much just it. Eyes everywhere. And Josh, just, like, like pick up on something. Yeah. He told her hi. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And, and it just flies so quickly, too, the rumors. Yeah. And, that, and that's just strange because it's hard to toe that line because on one hand, it was like, well, just because I'm friendly with you doesn't mean I like you in that way. And then on the other side, I was like, well, I'm trying to show you that I like you by being friendly with you. <laughs> and you can't tell the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know that kind of sucks. That's but it was just funny that are that just how easily rumors get started, yes. and no one really knew me. Nobody knew me. Yeah, I think that's, the that's, only the only people funny. that I had been like even in a conversation <laughs> with at that point, um, I don't even remember honestly. But it it wasn't it wasn't even a conversation. Um, I think when Carrie had like a game night, and some people came over, but I don't even remember who was there to be honest. Um, but that was pretty much the only interaction that I had with the youth group or with hyphen group. Um, and then kind of after, after that, it was that rumor. And I was like, okay, well, there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's happening. <laughs> yeah. I've been officially, um, <laughs> I am now officially a part of the that church. Right <laughs> <of passage. laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's been a rumor. Yes, yeah. I'm getting somewhere, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, at least people know who I am. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> people know me. It's fine. They know my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not invisible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah at least people are, are talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just thought that was funny because because funny. nobody nobody can stick to one thing where it's like just because you're friendly doesn't mean you like them or yeah or one of my good friends um, Justin he goes to Calvary um, Brother Carruthers Church it, him and I were like really good friends and we hung out all the time and people thought you know that, that we were dating which is you know it's 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 an accurate assumption you know if, if you see a guy and a girl together. People are going to it's assume fair. that. Yeah. yeah, it's. I don't want to say accurate. It's fair. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That's accurate a better word. means it's. That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, sorry. It, it, it <laughs> is true. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, you should probably tell Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> no, did not get that rumor started. Um, but you know, him and I were just really good friends. He was pretty much the yeah. only friend I had here. You know, from the beginning. Um, but it was just really funny how that rumor kind of got started yeah. around like the area, like the section, <laughs> not just in mm-hmm. our church, but in like other churches, like people were texting mm-hmm. him and it was just, it's just kind of crazy how fast mm-hmm. things, yeah. you know, get spread around. How did you even meet Rodney? Um, we didn't meet until he came here the first time. But how did you like initially 
start like texting each other. But he's gonna kill me. Um, (laughs) He slid into your. He did actually about three years. (laughs) (laughs) So it's it's 2019. It was probably like 2016. Dude, at this point, at this point, it's not even a shame to say that because that's how he's not ashamed of it. Because that's definitely not. He was like, "That's how I roll. That's how I do." Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, because like someone I used to date was like ashamed of that. I was like, don't tell people that. I'm like, well, okay. I was like, he says it was 2016. I don't remember when it was. Yeah. What well, he, I guess he does, but, um, I wouldn't give him the time of day. I just, I wouldn't do it. Um, I was, he, he would talk to me or try to talk to me and I would have, you know, a little bit of a conversation. It just never went anywhere. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. um, last year, he posted something about him having the flu or whatever. And I had the flu at the same time. So I responded to his story. Solidarity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I responded to his story and, uh, it just kind of went from there. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So boys, we bonded over the flu. <laughs> the flu. Keep sliding into DMs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there is hope. So for you're those saying you- <laughs> there's a chance? Yes. <laughs> there's hope for yeah. guys that slide in DMs. Just don't slide in very many DMs at once. Yeah. Don't do that. That's mm, not cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Don't that's do a whole that. other conversation, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's pretty much how we uh, connected. How we got together um, was through Instagram. So hmm. shout out to Instagram. Dude, I've tried the makers of Instagram. We're not sponsored, by the way. But you know, Instagram if you want to. You You know. know. Yeah. I've tried sliding into DMs, but you know I I just if 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 girls like don't respond or not like (laughs) very conversational, I just take that as like They're not interested. And then and then like I don't DM them because I'm like, Oh hey, let's date. I'm like just trying to like most of the time people I'm like just bored. And I want to talk to other humans. Yeah. Because you'd be surprised. Me and my friends don't ever text each other because we see each other all We're the time. We're the same way. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm just like when talking to people. When I say we, people. I mean friends. Yeah. And then like, and then when I choose people to try to talk to, they're, I choose the pretty girls first. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Josh only associates with yeah, pretty Yeah, so if people. you get a DM from Josh, <laughs> take uh, it as high compliment. Just so, just so, like, you know, worst case scenario, we become acquaintances. Best case scenario, we start dating. Yeah, oh. see, now they're going to evaluate. It was like, was I the first one he messaged, though? Was oh, I the third I mean, one down? Or? <laughs> but don't, don't overthink it. I'm just trying to, most of the time, I'm just bored. I'm just like. So he only talks to pretty people when he's bored. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> well, some people message me. Some people message me like in response to a story, and I'm like, oh, someone that's actually wants happened, to talk so. to me, so yeah. I'll talk to them back. You know, yeah. he tells me sometimes he'd be like, let's not forget who slid into whose DMs. I'm like, whatever, just whatever. <laughs> I responded to your story. He's yeah. like, yes, but it he, did the, mm-hmm. he, did, he did the sliding. He did. The sliding. He did the sliding. <laughs> he, he did the sliding at first. But then I responded to his story. That is so clever. Like, though, three, minutes, that. Uh, three minutes. Three minutes. Mm-hmm. Three years later. Or yeah. two years later. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to lay off of DMing. <laughs> it's not, it's not for everyone, because Josh. It's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just. DMs are for everybody. Because yeah. it's, because I, I, I put myself, now? I put myself in the lady's shoes and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, how, how would I tell what their motives are? Like if they just like. If they're very friendly. Okay. From, from my perspective, if I know you. 
Um, and I know that you're a very friendly, outgoing, outspoken person. Yeah. And I get a DM from a guy that's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I'm not going to think anything of it. Just from, 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 that's just me. Yeah. I'm not going to really think anything of it. Okay. You're being friendly, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if it's from someone that I don't know and they're sliding into my DMs, I do question it because yeah. I don't know that person. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't DM people I don't know. That's just. But a lot of guys <laughs> do. And that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. That's why I'm kind of putting like that Like sometimes, sometimes females. I would meet people and I would send them like, hey, it was nice to meet you kind of thing. But, yeah. and then just leave it there. But. It's kind of those memes that <laughs> it's like the guy says, hey, the girl says, uh, go away or, you know, don't talk to me or I have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, Responds with right I have away. a boyfriend when the guy says, hey, it's yeah. like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's a tough that's a tough line to be at because, like, I guess the girl has to toe that How line. Of, get on dating. Oh, Rodney. Yeah, it's his fault. Uh, <laughs> like, toe the line as far as. Like, okay, do I be rude to this person and just say I have a boyfriend? But I also want to do right by my boyfriend if I do, in fact, have one. And, like, yeah. just cut that cut that out now. Like, how do you it, – it's hard for you all to gauge motives and, like – Okay, so for me – and I don't it envy is, you. It is hard to gauge motives, and that's why I don't respond to men that either mm-hmm. send me a DM or um, – an instant message from Facebook. If mm-hmm. I get anything like that from guys that I do not know that are not friends, um, and even some friends I don't even respond to on social media, yeah. um, just out of respect for Rodney, I, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, but that's just, that's just me. And like, mm-hmm. and from my point of view, cause I don't view, feel like yeah. there's, there has to be a boundary. There has to be, yeah. and yeah. it would be better for me just to not do it altogether than do it. And there would be some sort of question. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily with Rodney, but with even other people, um, if it was to be mentioned um, mm-hmm. in conversation or mm-hmm. something like that, that that question would even have the opportunity to arise. And so I just eliminate it altogether. Yeah. I, mean, I don't even respond to, to people. Very smart. Yeah. yeah, and then and that because you know how dudes think. Yes. Because if a girl responds, the dude thinks, "Oh, right, I'm in." Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's just how a dude thinks. Yeah. And, and it it, ha- it does happen. It doesn't happen often anymore. It used to, um, but it doesn't happen often anymore, especially since we I've been posting about him mm-hmm. a little more. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, they. It really doesn't happen often. Yeah. Some some of them still try. I just I either delete it or most of the time I'll tell them, be like, "Hey, got a message from this person." I think the yeah. last one I got was um, I was actually in Arkansas, but it wasn't really anything serious. It was just a happy birthday. But I haven't really had a conversation with this person. But instead of posting it on my wall where everybody could see it, he sent me a DM, and I'm just like, "No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even gonna respond." You know. Yeah, but hmm. yeah, but I get it, and so I'm just gonna try to refrain from DMing. <laughs> so sorry to the girls who actually like it. <laughs> <laughs> you can think. It's, it's, it sounds yeah. like it's tougher for the guys. Just post on their wall, like, Josh. It's just really. 
out in the open for it's, everybody. Yeah. It's weird territory. <laughs> and like, and I've gotten to the point where I understand that if a girl responds to a DM, that doesn't mean they like me. They're just friendly. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and that, that actually took me a while to figure out. There is such thing as a man. girl being friendly there and is. not liking what? you. But well, what's funny is, is when <laughs> yeah. you, when you finally. <laughs> and she just wanted to be friends. <laughs> when you finally have that mindset, that girl probably actually does like you. So yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is like. The least, the worst case scenario is you become friends with this girl, right? Right, which means later on down the road that could be a possibility. <laughs> you know, you're just you're opening possibilities. You're opening checking accounts and just putting some money, <laughs> and then letting a, interests, you know, checking accounts, Jesus. you know, yeah. or you're opening up savings accounts. You're Josh. just buying a share of stocks, oh, you know, oh and, my just, gosh. And, and maybe a stock well. would rise. And, <laughs> Ladies, this is why he's single. Because <laughs> he compares yeah. relationships yeah. to stocks. stocks. <laughs> and checking He's accounts. like, I'm just checking in on this investment real quick. <laughs> How's my portfolio looking? No, Look at all just, my DMs. <laughs> like, oh, this stock, left this stock on is red. dropping. Time to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm ending this. That's <laughs> yeah. uh, oh so interesting, gosh. though. I never thought about oh, like, oh, this, social no, media. Oh this, oh, this girl and her boyfriend broke up. Buy in, buy in, buy in, buy in. <laughs> 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 You um, should write a book, man. No. Don't give him any <laughs> ideas. <laughs> Girls yeah, I'm not saying stocks. it's going to sell or anything. but <laughs> Girls in stocks. <laughs> no, that's awful. Yeah. But no, it's... It, I guess... It's not really what I think. I, I can't say anything <laughs> negative about people sliding into other people's DMs because obviously there's good that does come out of it. Um, and that's just the way the world is right now. But mm-hmm. is you you do have to be careful yeah especially if you are in a relationship the statistics for facebook and instagram ruining relationships it's even marriages yeah. and causing divorce is absolutely ridiculous yeah cuz it's all about it perception mhm it's it's just ridiculous well yeah. it it causes questions and um in each other's minds like yeah. if, if say for instance if I'm married and, and my husband sees that another man is taking the time to have a conversation with me through instant messenger mm-hmm. there's obviously either a hidden motive mm-hmm. uh, or there's nothing but again that question is going to come up in his yeah. mind mm-hmm. and then he's going to start questioning everything yeah. you know and, what I'm saying and, and the there's remedy, no reason for that the remedy for that is to just tell Stop. your husband hey this person messaged me or, or not even respond you, or not even or just don't respond to anybody yeah that's mm-hmm. fine too yeah. Just but don't if you even respond. but if you are outgoing and you like talking to people, at least like tell your spouse, "Hey, this person messaged me." Like, well, for me, is it's cool? disrespectful. Okay, so if someone knows that I'm married or even dating, or seriously dating somebody, mm-hmm. it is disrespectful for them to message me and mm-hmm. not him. If that makes any sense, mm. like if if they honestly need something from me, mm-hmm. they can message him and say hey can you ask sheila this um mm-hmm. or like i was really good friends with someone and they were seriously dating um they were seriously dating and, and pursuing marriage with, with this person and but i wouldn't after they started dating i would never text him even though i was good friends with him mm-hmm. i still wouldn't text him out of respect for her i would always go through her i would text yeah. her you know her phone mm-hmm. and be like hey can you ask him um if whatever whatever it is that i was uh, asking about or i would be like hey are y'all still going with that i would never make it about 
just him and mm-hmm. I would always include her. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. It just takes the qu- the question away. It just takes yeah, the yeah. the hidden motives away. Yeah. Just unless uh, unless like you know the other person like extremely well. Even like, then, you still shouldn't. You would yeah. be surprised at the people that consider good friends how things can get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, the way I see it, which is different for me cuz I kind of like got into dating before the whole social media thing became huge mm-hmm. since i'm a little older than you guys right but the way i see everyone's it now connected. is like yeah everyone's connected call me out everyone's apostolic oh yeah that was awful oh my gosh God. myspace myspace that's when Cringe. i first got into it <laughs> but Cringe. the way you can communicate with people is totally different now like you never use myspace for that like entirely mm-hmm. so now that i'm in a relationship with my wife right we've been married now uh, almost uh three and a half years wow and um like there's no one else i'd rather communicate with like i have so much more more fun with her than with anyone else in the world right. so you don't need another friend basically well you know there's a, there's different types of friendships right but there's like there's not going to be like another girl that i have like some type of like we have different type of fun or, or like fun conversation my conversation you don't need someone else to... i'm not seeking that out right yeah exactly you know what i mean so like there's no need for me to um like to 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 persuade her on that like hey by the way this is another girl i talked to that you know she's a friend of ours mutual friend and we we have we just you know like to joke about these things and it's like well like it doesn't it doesn't emerge for me and that's i don't know it might be like a personal case no 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 your wife has enough in common with you where you don't have to but that's how it should be that's the point of marriage Yeah. yeah and then what's what's really cool is like when we do have friends because me and her are so alike and we have you know the same type of humor the same likes and stuff mm-hmm. then when we do meet someone like a mutual friend that you know i i joke around with and have fun with she you usually is a, a fan of that person too and we all are equally friends and so right. we communicate with each other so mm-hmm. we'll have like group chats where it's my wife me and that person and not just like oh well you wouldn't understand you know uh you know me and so and so talk a different way it's like no then why would you know Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's just on a different level. So I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. But yeah. the, another aspect of that is ministry. If you are going to be um, in ministry, you have to have some kind of yeah. boundaries with that because that could easily ruin a ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring your wife everywhere. The Mike Pence way. Yeah, no. And that got no, so heavily that. criticized. Not really too. just it's not just really bring your wife everywhere i mean there's some cases that the wives you know can't go especially if you know they evangelize or whatever but Mm -hmm. it's just you have to have boundaries yeah there has to be and it for me it's all or nothing and and it's perception based you don't Mm -hmm. want anybody to even have the thought that maybe something's going on or if like so i will so if someone puts me in a group message um and my boyfriend or my husband or whoever is in that group message, I'm okay with responding because he's seeing that, yeah. you know, but I just, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, that's fair. So I guess for me, what I learned out of this is find a wife that is so cool where you don't really have to hang out with somebody else. <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? Well, that's the point. That's the reason You're why living a with lot them. of people say marry yeah. your best friend, you know? Yeah. And it seems so natural for me, you know, I don't know if it's the same for everybody, but like your relationship with other people changes when you get married. Not that you can't have friends or you don't have friends, 
Um, but like she she's the person I'd most prefer to be with. Right. You know, in any given situation. And then you, you get to this place where you lay down all those inhibitions you had when you were dating. Right. Like mm-hmm. you try to pretend to be a thing, you know, and always be at your best self. And then you relax that. And then you can just be your real self all the time. Um, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. that's so awesome to me. You know? That's what I like about Rodney. I don't have to pretend to be anything. Yeah. I can be myself, which sometimes yeah. is not a good thing. Yeah. But he he's <laughs> yeah. still here, so you know yeah. it's whatever. And he feels that way too. He's like, yeah. I you know I can be one hundred percent with you and not have to worry about yeah. you know you going and getting upset or finding someone else mm-hmm. or you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But that's that's just you should find someone that you don't have to pretend yeah. with, you know, that yeah. you can pretty much n- say anything and they be OK with it or them not be OK with it and tell you that they're not OK with it, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, someone I can vent all of my yes. strange thoughts and like yeah. they're not going to. Which I do. I'm sorry. And, and, Rodney. They'll, <laughs> and they'll just be like. Oh, I understand. You know, like yeah, just like no criticism. Yeah. They're just like agree with you. Like stuff. I can have yeah. conversation with them and like not worry that they're going to break up with me because of. <laughs> well, because you know I'm that in a relationship, especially dating, is kind of the get to know you mm-hmm. days. You know, and yeah. you're getting to know that person, and you will have problems. To every yeah. young listener, you will have issues. There will be problems yeah. in relationships. If there is not problems in a relationship run yeah. yeah yeah go the other way exactly yeah literally leave like yeah. <laughs> like it's not there's something wrong yeah because um, yeah. you're getting to know that as a person and you're getting to to um to know their good side their bad side you know everything mm-hmm. so and that's something that i was i've been trying to work on because like past relationships the second i feel discomfort i'm like oh is this God's will? I don't know. Like, <laughs> it goes right then, to God's will. Out, right? <laughs> exactly. You need to cut it off like right, exactly. out, right and away. And now I've gotten to the point Should where... Should I sever off my arm? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then now I've yeah. gotten to the point where like, okay, I feel discomfort, but I'm going to move past it. Yeah. Right? I'm just going to yeah. still go in head full of steam. And then the other person feels discomfort. I'm like, oh, I don't think this is... I don't think this is the yeah. right thing to do. And I'm like, well, crap. You know, what's the... And so, like, now I'm trying to find someone else willing to make those hurdles. It's just when it's yeah. hard, it's the easy, like, the the easy way out is just to When leave. the emotions go down. But if you really are yeah. um, connected with, with a person, if you really are invested in them, you're not going to leave when it gets hard. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. But that's, then again, that's, that's just a learning yeah. period. You're learning them. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be hard times because you're going to, you're going to clash. Yeah. You just are, but yeah. you're going to have to learn to either agree to disagree or come with, you know. Yeah. And then with this situation that just showed, she didn't really have the same feelings for me as I did for her, you know, and then whatever. Mm-hmm. It sucked, yeah. but then now I know what to look for. Like last night, yeah. I was grumpy. I was so grumpy last night. Um, just something that happened and it kind of just kind of made me in a little bit of a mood, but. And he was FaceTiming me. I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'm grumpy. He's like, yeah, I can tell, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. He still stayed on the phone. It's just yeah. one of those things you just have to, oh, just take mm-hmm. it. Just <laughs> take it for what it is, yeah. you know. And, like, there's some days that I just don't feel like talking. And then there, and then I'm, I'm, I'm expecting days where the the girl, the girlfriend doesn't want to talk. And, like, I'm cool with that, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> It's just I never have those days. <laughs> I would rather I would, I would 
rather talk it out. He's not that way, but I am. Mm -hmm. I would rather talk it out. He needs um, minutes to just say nothing. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, Sometimes I would just like to go home and just like, or maybe that's a flaw that I need to work on. But like sometimes I just don't want to talk to anyone. How you process things? I just don't. I don't want to talk to anyone right now. Yeah. But I mean, relationships also require patience. You have yes. to be patient with yeah. the other person because you you just got to realize that there's probably things that have happened to that other person that you're going into this relationship with, and you've you've mm-hmm. got to have patience yeah. to um, with them for them to to work on those things. And yeah. you're both gonna have insecurities and yeah. you know a little mm-hmm. bit of baggage, and you've just got to work through. But it. But I'm open about it, right? You, you know, know, and and I am too. But it doesn't mean that you're not. I'm going not to trying to be. It. I'm not trying to be a macho. Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah. the idea that when you get in in a relationship, all those things go away, that is not true. Mm-hmm. It magnifies them. Mm-hmm. It magnifies them so much. It, but it's it's for a purpose. Yeah. You're either going to work on them together and get through it, or mm-hmm. it's going to just ruin everything. Yeah. You know, you've just got to make a choice. But I've never really experienced any of that. Because my you relationships <laughs> never gone past like three months, which yeah. is mm. pretty well, crazy. Will. It's crazy. You know, it's good me. that you don't like you know go far enough in a relationship, yes. yeah, and then find out like oh yeah, two years in. It's yeah, not, that's that's, not that's definitely a good thing. Yeah, because then that, that does a lot of damage. So yes, it does. But yeah. It's crazy, man. Well, we got Josh. into like relationship advice. I know and, like, we could <laughs> just like hit everything. Oh, you you like how I did that? I, you know, I took the conversation to a place where I can like get something and learn stuff. Yeah. Again, <laughs> it's selfish. Rodney's fault. Yeah. <laughs> it started with Rodney. Oh, come on, Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> but well, yeah. No. Well, it's a counseling session for Josh. Yeah. How yeah. was it, man? It was good. Oh yeah. I, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> gleaned a lot. <laughs> we'll send the bill to your house. So, Oh yeah. What? And I am like, <laughs> my insurance doesn't cover this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> None of y'all are licensed. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, we've only been together. It'll be six months in February, so we've only been together for a little while. But it's just kind of one of those things where you know, you'll know if you want to become invested in somebody. Yes. You know if you want, if you seriously want to pursue marriage with that person. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just kind of how it is, you know, as of right now. Yeah. Honestly, as of right now, (laughs) it will continue to be that way. If he's listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) Did not mean it the way that 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 sounded. (laughs) Well, as of right now, (laughs) things could change. Who knows tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it it will not. Yeah. No, Uh, it's good that you guys are having those thoughts of evaluating that in relationship because I think it's so superficial mm -hmm. nowadays, even in in, uh, church situations and scenarios. Mm -hmm. It's like, you would think they would know better, and yeah. uh, people just go for all the artificial things about well, a relationship. we told each other from the beginning that the, the dating game is just not, yeah. it's yeah. not going to be a thing. It will absolutely not be a thing. Yeah. I refuse to play the dating game. Like, if we go into this, we will pursue marriage. Yeah. That's the to, point. Yeah. That's literally the point, man. Like, you have it's, to go in with that mindset. If I cannot, yeah. like, I, I told him, I was like, if I, you know can't see myself marrying you i'm not even going to be invested like it's, right. it's you're wasting not, your time exactly. emotional investment you're just you know, having and, fun for yeah. for people especially people that's filled with the holy ghost that are um they know um and understand the will of god and the concept of the will of god 
and they pursue things that they know are not the will of God, they are prolonging the, the one <laughs> that they they are pushing back um, the things that God has for them. Mm. They are withholding from themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's another thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's a miserable place to be. A very miserable place to yeah. be. Yeah. When you know that person is not the one and you're still investing your time, yeah. you're just wasting your time because yeah. it's not going to work out. And I've, I've experienced that dissonance where I'm like, I'm single. I hate being single. I want to find someone. And then I find someone, but oh my God, they're yes. not the right one. Well, because God's, <laughs> but like, God but says, I'm so sing- but I'm so lonely. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> God is like, okay, you want someone? Yeah. Okay, well, here you go. Yeah. And then you find out that it's not the one or it's not what you yeah. thought it would be. And God's like, I'm just like I'm just like man do I because I really don't want to lower the bar that I've set mm-hmm. you should not lower the bar but like don't do it but it's so tempting just to like <laughs> not be alone <laughs> it, it sounds depressing yeah. but that's just the reality that's how I'm sure many people think the same way too mm-hmm. but like I'm constantly thinking okay do I lower the bar you know or I, I, I don't know mm-hmm and, and that unless your expectations are just unrealistic just which they're probably not they're not unrealistic then you shouldn't lower the bar i'm pretty reasonable yeah yeah i mean because i know me i'm I'm not perfect i, I got some ma- i've got some major issues yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got some major red flags yeah <laughs> just put it out just there, letting man. you know be honest man letting, letting the airwaves know yeah. man I am far from perfect, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'll never take out the trash. I'm just, <laughs> that's just a given. <laughs> no, I do. Never yeah. clean your room. Yeah. No, I, I'm clean. <laughs> <laughs> Leave clothes on the floor. Yeah. Organize chaos. Yeah. You well, know but but is. I have I have a threshold though. At least I have a threshold where I'm like, okay, it's too bad. Now I need to clean something up. Or. I think every male has that, hopefully. Or at least yeah. I, it doesn't perpetually get worse and worse and worse. Like, I have a cap of anybody under the bus, slob. But, you know. I have a slob cap. <laughs> a slob <laughs> cap. Yeah. Like, I hope Rodney will listen to this. Because <laughs> like, my, my line... He's going to get so much from this this point, yeah. like this part of the, yeah. the podcast. Like, my, when, like the line, the maximum... <laughs> time that I'm willing to let pass before I do my laundry is like when I run out of underwear. Oh my That's like, the barometer. Okay. Yeah. I, lost. I don't have All any right. more. Yeah. I'm wearing my last pair of underwear. I need to do laundry ASAP. I need to do laundry right yeah. now. <laughs> and so that's uh, why I cap. At least he doesn't go out and buy new underwear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm to get some new ones, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Like people are coming over. I'll see Rodney vacuuming, and I'm like, "You're yeah. vacuuming." He's like, "Shut up, I clean, okay?" Yeah. Like, like, hey, my carpet's brown, and it's not supposed to be brown. Time to vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have a cap. I yeah. have a line. It used to be white. You know, <laughs> I forget when it turned brown. It just happened oh gradually. Gosh, that's then, disgusting. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like magenta. It's just <laughs> <laughs> magenta. Mm. That's funny. Uh, you know, I remember at any time that um, I used to take Laura out on a date. Uh, when it was just me in my own car, uh, and I wanted to go pick her up, mm-hmm. I 
I never cared about my car. I'd always throw like trash everywhere. Yeah. Backseat like, was full of like, yeah, receipts, <laughs> straws, ball of like trash. Straw wrappers. Yeah. And then oh that gosh. day, like maybe like even like two hours before I went to go pick her up, I'd be sitting there cleaning my car, tossing all this trash out, finding stuff I didn't even know was yeah. in my car. And then having yeah. that adds the motivation. Yeah. Like me, becoming a Lyft driver made me want to keep my car clean. Like I got my car detailed and all that. Yeah. Um, I wish more Lyft drivers would. Cause like having a. For real. Yeah, I've been in some cars. I'm like, <laughs> if I know I'm driving yeah. for Lyft, I will. Yes, yeah. yeah, I will clean my car. Um, they got like weird smells and, and stuff. I had a, like, dude, uh, did I tell you I had one? Finish fast. <laughs> yeah, I had one lady, who was, it was her and her daughter at some like grocery store. I picked her up. Okay, she's over here like writhing in pain, clutching her stomach and like gagging, and I'm like. Do I need to take it to the ER? Are you okay? I'm like, no, I'll, you don't have to take me to the ER, but I have been dealing with the stomach problem, and I thought I was okay to go out and do stuff, but I was wrong. And I'm like, oh, God. All right. <laughs> so she's, There's a possibility yeah. that you may pass out in my back seat. Oh, yeah. 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 Or throw up. Yeah. She was in the front seat. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, she was that type. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm over here. I'm like driving so fast because... I don't want her thrown up in my car. She's not even drunk. She's legitimately sick. I don't want to catch what she has yeah. either. And then, you know, I, I get to her apartment. I help get the groceries out of my trunk. And then she gets out of the car, walks like up to the apartment door and doesn't even make it. She starts throwing up. And I'm like, oh, oh. Jesus. <laughs> Be offense. Jesus, be offense. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus, a wall. A wall, Jesus, be yeah. a wall, a quarantine. <laughs> a quarantine. <laughs> Jesus, be a quarantine. Jesus, build a wall. Start like blessing your body, just like sanitize. And then, like, and then I have to get like we need to start saying that. Jesus, I, build a wall. Yeah, build a wall. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Triggered. Yeah. Um, Change of subject. But like, I had to do Clorox bleach on that seat. You know, I'm just like, God. <laughs> Why are people being out and about when they're like about to throw up and they're yeah. burping? Yeah, and they're moaning, and I'm just like, well, what? I felt really nauseous at work the other night. And I was like, oh god, please don't let me have anything. Mm-hmm. But it just went away, thank God. Mm-hmm. It was awful. Mm-hmm. Were you, Were you there for that separation teaching at church? September. Yeah. Like I was actually like sick there. Like I got sick and yeah. I vomited in the bathroom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I the one like, brother more. The one yes. brother more talk. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I went to the bathroom and I was like, "Why am I feeling so cruddy right now?" Yeah. And I went and threw up in the men's bathroom. Yeah. My dad ingrained that into me and my brothers. Like we could, there was like no justification to miss church. Yeah. <laughs> so we would go sick. Yeah. He's like, That's "You, you need to like it. Ha- it would have to be something like." Uh, totally you know like debilitating yeah where you get you're like crawling to the door you know <laughs> like, okay maybe you could stay home today <laughs> maybe yeah. it's still a maybe yeah. but you're live streaming it you know <laughs> yeah so yeah, i i still do that now as an adult like i i could be like you know hot, like sweat mm-hmm. i really hate throwing up fever yeah yeah i really hate throwing up i would hold uh, off as I much i would rather as... have like a really high grade fever and all kinds of stuff then, rather than throw up. That's miserable too yeah. because I can never sleep. I'm like half conscious. I'm like dreaming. But I would about rather have that than, than fever. I'm like yeah. dreaming about weird stuff. And I feel like it's relieving. Like it, it sucks, you know, in the process, but then you're done with it. Yeah, it does relieve. Yeah. So just get whatever that is out of me. Blah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, I think the podcast definitely took a turn. 
now that we're talking about throwing up. Is that how we want to like? Is that how we want to end it? Yeah, or, uh, vomit. Can we get on this? I don't know. Just like what in the world? Yeah, just... this podcast was a train. We're just like <laughs> off the rails. We end up on some hill right now. Man, we're <laughs> always off the rails though. Yeah. Like, get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> get used to it. <laughs> you see how we treat our listeners? <laughs> You know, just listen, listen to the dump. whole thing and deal with it. Deal with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you've made it this far, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations. Woo! Honestly, though, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you. There are there are some people that listen that have listened to everything. No. I have. I listen to them all the way through because I know there's yeah. something funny. Like if a certain part that you know that you talk about that I'm not really interested, I know that it will eventually turn mm-hmm. into something like that. Yeah. Because there's, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in everything. So like mm-hmm. podcasts that are about like stocks and I'm just like <laughs> no yeah yeah today yeah. on the down drums <laughs> but yeah but it was fun thanks for coming on Sheila no yes. problem I enjoyed it guys thank you I really it was enjoyed very it as fun. Well. I enjoyed it thanks for having me absolutely loved having you on you have oh. to have you on more often yeah mm-hmm. I'm down yeah I hope there are some music ministers out there or, mm-hmm. or you know someone that yeah, they could take something from musicians. this. Something. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you're going through the same thing, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There are people everywhere, for sure, that are going through the same things. Mm-hmm. So I think every musician goes through it. Every singer, every anybody that's a part of ministry goes through that to a certain extent, mm-hmm. at least once. Yeah. If not more than mm-hmm. once. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, goodbye to you now. Bye. Bye. Oh. Bye. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey guys, hope you liked the episode. Uh, we just wanted to let you know that we appreciate your support, and you can support us even more by liking our Facebook page, following us on Instagram, uh, sharing us to all of your friends, and making sure they know that they could find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We would appreciate if y'all rate us and review us on those platforms. And if you want to be a guest on our show or if you want a specific topic to be talked about on our show, feel free to email us on the afterchurchpodcast at gmail.com.